This is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, November 30th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by. Yeah. I'm underrated, fam. Still the most hated man. People say I'm cocky when I say that I'm the greatest man. I trip hip hop, man. Every time I bleed, the gravity in my body spread it all over the scene. Hey, I'm underrated. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. You can find them at manrubs.com. Rubs, barbecue tools, blowtorches, t shirts, coffee cups, all around barbecue related gear can be found there. Use the code STAKE15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear, StayReadyGear.com, and on Instagram, StayReadyGearUSA. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off duty gear. Need something custom? Mm. They can do it. Use the code STAKE for 5% off your order. Don't get ready. Stay ready. Hard work really does pay off. You know who works hard? Us. And Mike Lindell. Yeah. After about a year of uh, incessant harping. There you go. Steak for Breakfast is partnered with MyPillow. So now you can have a great night's sleep. Our pillow? Add up to 66% off by using the promo code STAKE at checkout. You can also use MyPillow.com forward slash STAKE. Or, let's just say, not only can you not sleep, so you're going to order some pillows, but you want to talk election fraud. 1-800-658-8045. You'll get a MyPillow representative. I like that 45. There you go. They might be able to uh, hook you up with some Giza sheets and talk to you about how the election was rigged and stolen. (laughs) The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear, specializing in headphones, can be found at Odyssey. Do you know what it's like when uh, angels sing? You definitely will when you put these bad boys on your ears. They're doing it right now. Noah is, at least. They're at odyssey.com. They're on Facebook, and they're on Instagram. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms, will get you packing heat so you can be uh, show up as Tactical Santa, maybe, mm. at your uh, kid's end of the Christmas break Christmas party. Mike's got ammo. He's got cleaning kits. He's got cases in addition to all of the firearms, which you can browse on his newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. You can reach him via the telephone at 619-870-6992 and via Facebook Messenger. We love our first responders, and they love Mediocre Medic. They aren't them, and they're working hard this holiday season. Whether they're wearing sweatshirts, T-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more, or they're throwing the uh, vinyl sticker up on the side of the ambulance. They like the Instagram, and they shop at MediocreMedic.com. And last but not least, Marcho Friday, owner-operator, CEO of DumpBox.us, home of the Zero Fuck Stuck. If you don't know, ask Mark on Facebook Messenger. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. Even though it's shadow banned, there you'll find a link tree. It'll take you to all our social medias, our website, Telegram, and more. And on that note, welcome. Tuesday edition. Episode 86. 
Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. Antoinette's locked in. Hello, hello. We're going to have Mr. Chris Paul from Be Reasonable coming up. But first, we've got some great guests. Joining us first today on Steak for Breakfast, he's a rapper, also an author, podcaster, speaker, and coach. We like to think of him as a international recording star, Mr. Zuby. Thanks for joining us today on this Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast. How's it going, guys? Happy to be here. And we're extremely happy to have you. How you've been, sir? What's been going on with you? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I am in the UK right now. I have been away since July. I spent a couple weeks in Turkey, a few months in the USA where I traveled to 10 different states and a whole bunch of different cities and had a lot of speaking events and podcasts and interviews some TV appearances and stuff like that. And then I went to Mexico for a few weeks. So I have been back in the UK now for about a week and a half. Um, and so I'm here, been uh, seeing, seeing and catching up with my family and got some business stuff to handle here as well. So that is what's been going on in terms of my work. Put out a new album in August. Yeah. Been running my podcast, been selling a lot of books, doing a lot of social media stuff. So Firing on all cylinders in that regard. Sounds busy. And extremely, we can't find someone who's not busy to come on this show. We right? always have some of the hardworkingest individuals in the world on Steak for Breakfast every week. Now, I want to touch kind of on your uh, time when you're here. We'll start in the U.S. How how was, uh, you know, coming over from the U.K., obviously you're very outspoken, not just about politics, but I, I think more specifically we're going to be asking you about now the whole COVID narrative, you know, the pandemic and the lockdowns and the, the, the mandates and stuff like that. Now, you've you've probably got a better view of it worldwide than most people, so you can actually weigh in from some some real life experiences that you've gone through. What what kind of a difference, if any, coming from the UK over to here, and then maybe you know some of the other countries you've been to, what it's like um, it has been in like your travels for the last couple of months? Yeah, sure thing. I mean, I, I can go a little further than that even because sure. during this situation, I've actually been to seven different countries. Wow! So I've been to I've spent time in the UK, um, Greece. Romania, Portugal, USA, Mexico, and Turkey. Um, and so I have seen, I've seen a lot, man. I've seen a lot and I have fans and followers in virtually every single city in the world. Yeah. So I keep tabs on what is going on around Europe, around Africa, around Asia, around North America, all over. And it differs so much and it has differed from the very beginning so much based on geography and also based on time. So where the UK is right now is not the same as where the UK was in February or March or even in July um, when I left. So when I left, there were still uh, certain mandates and restrictions in place. Mm -hmm. As of today, they just brought back the in-store mask mandate. Oh, good. Uh, that 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 had actually been dropped for the past three and a half months, and they've just brought that back in literally today. Mm. Um, besides that, there are not any beyond travel stuff, uh, international arrivals, and things like that. There aren't any uh, specific mandates or restrictions in place now that was not the case before in when i was in the usa it totally differed depending on the city and depending on the state mm -hmm. so i went to 10 different states i spent time in texas florida 
Tennessee, California, Hawaii, New York, Maryland, North Carolina, uh, Mar- uh, New Maryland, and Nevada. Oh. So, I mean, you, you guys have got a, there's a pretty hard red blue split oh, <laughs> over yeah, in the is. USA. Right down the middle. Not, not just between states, but also within areas. So, for example, if you're in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is a totally different world to Orange County, despite them being one hour away from each other. And one of them, um, you know, you've got very tight restrictions and half the people walking around with masks outside and living weirdly, very high levels of fear and anxiety. And you can visually see that and that alters people's behavior. And then you can just go an hour down the road and people are living normally like it is 2019. And this is really what I've seen throughout all my travels. I've been in places where the levels of fear and anxiety and hysteria and suspicion were extraordinarily high, like ridiculously high. And it's very uncomfortable and I don't like it. Um, And then I've been to places where it was just totally normal. And sometimes I've gone between those places in the course of a day. And so it's been a little bit of a trip. Yeah, I can only imagine jumping on a plane or driving across state lines. Yeah, you walk out and you're like, oh, wait, somebody's yelling at you for not wearing a mask. You're like, oh, sorry, I forgot (laughs) where I was. Yeah. And then you go, like he said, from just Los Angeles to Orange County. And and we live in San Diego, so it is a night and day difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's very interesting to see. Uh, You know, one thing I wanted to ask you, I I think before we really get in on on some of your insight on the whole COVID narrative. So did you notice, especially traveling internationally, um, different ways that maybe the media portrayed it in maybe other countries? Like in the U.S., it's kind of like, you know, regardless of where you live, either if it's out in the country or in a big city, you get the legacy media, the big ones, the Foxes, the CNN. They're going to trumpet the same narrative. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when you went to like other countries, did you see where maybe it was like, really hyped up or maybe not as big as an issue in some places and like actual news and current events were going on in, in other places throughout the world? Yeah, I think certainly in the Western world, for sure, they've really been singing the, t- the same tune. They've been singing from the same hymn sheet. They've been using the same tactics and they've been running the same propaganda, literally down to the same words and phrasing. Um, so whether you're in the UK or you're in the USA, from what I even see coming out of Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Western Europe, it's all the same thing. Sometimes in a slightly different language, you know, you might be, the fear mongering might be in German or Spanish or French or Portuguese, but it's the same thing everywhere, you know, stand six feet apart, wear a mask, you know, uh, wash your hands, take the vaccine, do this, do that. It's all the same three word commands everywhere. Um, and so it's what's been remarkable has simultaneously been the similarities and the differences. Mm. If you think about it, it's extraordinarily rare in our lifetimes. It's hard to think of anything that affects the whole world at once and where the vast majority of the world's population is going through the same thing at the same time. That actually almost never happens, even during very serious events, right? They tend to be quite geographically isolated, if you think about it. So there can be a big event that happens in the USA and, whoa, this was a big major event in the US, um, but it didn't directly hit people in other places. You know, There might be something big that happens in the UK or something big that happens in Middle Eastern country, et cetera, but it's so rare. I think this is the first time in my lifetime where everybody in the world has gone through the same weird thing at the same time. So no matter where you travel to, 
no matter who you meet, this conversation is a conversation that always pops up and has been popping up for the past approaching two years now. And it's got the same, and, and the virus has the same name, no matter what country you're in. If right. you say COVID-19 or corona or COVID in any, in any country, no matter what language they speak, they know exactly what you're talking about. So it's really, really weird to experience that as someone who travels a lot. Normally when you travel to different countries, you kind of leave behind certain things that are in one place. But with this one, it's like, it, it almost follows you around. It's like, no matter where you go, uh, th this thing follows you around and people are still talking about it because also people have had their lives shut down for such a long period. Oh, so yeah. for many people, all the normal, cool and interesting stuff that they would be doing wasn't happening. And then they were going through this. So naturally when you see people or you catch up with people, even when you try to avoid the conversation, it always ends up leading to something to do with the pandemic or the restrictions or because it's, it's affecting everybody, right? It's, it's disrupting people. It's affecting people's jobs, livelihoods, travel schedules, ability to do their hobbies, see their friends, see their families, et cetera. And depending on where you are, this can be totally different, right? You've got people who have been pretty much living normally for the past two years, and you've got people who cannot go to their grocery store um, without showing their medical papers, right? They can't go, they can't go to a restaurant. They're shut out of gyms. They can't do this. They can't do that. And this is totally, this is totally new. I mean, if you told me back in 2019 that Western countries would be leading the charge on segregation, uh -huh. segregationist policies and discrimination, it's, I, would have, I would have said, man, like that sounds pretty crazy, but look at how, look at how aggressively some people are embracing it. Right. And that to me, the, the response to this thing from day one has always been my greatest concern. Yeah. And the, I said from the beginning that the response was going to cause far more damage overall than the virus itself. And I think that that is already true. And I think that that is going to be proven more and more to be true as the years go on. Yeah, that's some definitely some really... Uh great way to look at it because I mean, we talk about it all the time on here, you know, how this has affected so many people there. We were actually talking about it last week. We, we made a joke about how some people probably still sleep with masks on. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But it's, 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 it's funny to say, you know, Noah just laugh, but at the same time, it's also extremely sad. Like people's whole mental state and the way that they look at the world, mm -hmm. how they're, how they're governed and live their everyday lives it is essentially changed forever an entire generation. And Zuby, what do you think is, is maybe just in your opinion, the big play here? What, I mean, obviously it's kind of easy to see after all this time, probably where it came from, how it came from and, and maybe what the intentions of it, what it, what it was for. But uh, what, what do you think the whole play with the worldwide narrative is here? Like, you know, when, when you see all this stuff going on and, and you see how some people's lives are really being affected, and and how quickly they are to just jump in line when told to do so uh, yes. makes it for the big overall picture moving forward. Well, I think, man, there's there's so many different ways to come at a question like this. I think the first thing I'm going to say is that it is blindingly, obviously clear. And anyone who doesn't get this is living in a complete state of denial, as far as I'm aware. It's absolutely clear that this is not simply about health mm -hmm. and keeping people safe and protected. That much is 
that's that's irrefutable. If this were about health, a lot of things would be very, very, very different. Yeah. Right. For some very obvious heuristics, you would not be ignoring the presence of natural immunity, which hundreds of millions of people have. You would not be shutting down gyms as even outdoor ones whilst opening up McDonald's and KFC and Walmart. Uh, keeping, yeah, exactly. You would not be, uh, you would not be rushing to inject children mm-hmm. with a shot that they do not need for a virus that has virtually a 0% chance of killing them, as we know now from literally two years worth of data globally, yep. right? If this were purely about health and safety, stuff would look very, very different. You wouldn't, you wouldn't totally ignore um, various therapeutics and other treatments available and even go to the point of censoring them mm-hmm. and blocking doctors from prescribing them. So it's clearly not about health. So to me, when a government or an entity is up to something that is suspicious, there are always a couple things you can always come back to. So if you look at this whole situation through the lens of health and safety, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Nope. Right. Everything, right. From the, from, oh, you know, you want, you, you want to enter this restaurant, you need to wear a mask for four seconds to walk to your table and then you can take it off and sit down, you know, because science, right. Like that's hashtag. And by, and by the way, by the way, that, by the way, that policy exists in every single country that I've, that I've visited during this. Right. So all this nonsense. Um, so if you, yeah, if you view it through the lens of, okay, this is about health and safety, then a lot of things don't make sense. If you view this through the lens of power control and profit, then it all makes complete sense. Every, every ridiculous rule, every crazy demand, everything that seems nonsensical or hypocritical or all the elephants in the room that they seem to be ignoring, all of those things I talked about before, if you view it through the lens of, okay, this is a move to establish more money, power, and control for those in, in authority, then it all makes, it all, it all makes sense from, from the beginning to the end, everything makes sense. And that's not some conspiracy, conspiratorial situation. I mean, it's obvious. Look, okay. Look, think, think about it. What's the purpose of a government? Purpose of a government is to establish control and power and to direct control and power and to centralize control. And that's literally what a government does. Like governments exist to exert control, authority, and power. Yeah. Period. Right. That, that's what they do. It doesn't matter what country you're in, whether you're talking local level, state level, national level, that's what governments do. What do corporations do? What is the goal of big pharma? The goal of big pharma is to make money, right? The goal of Pfizer is to make money. The goal of Moderna is to make money. The goal of, right? And making money is not something that's inherently bad. That's just what corporations do, especially publicly traded corporations. They're trying to make more money for their shareholders, become more profitable and continue to grow every year. This, these injections have been some of the most profitable pharmaceutical products ever made. And so obviously Pfizer, J&J, Moderna, all of these companies, they have a profit incentive to sell as many as possible. And in this case, their customers are governments there. It's off these government contracts, right? You have places where they've ordered in the UK, for example, the UK government ordered seven doses per person in the UK, right? They're they're going to be throwing away, throwing away millions and millions and millions of these shots this year which is part of also why and perhaps why they're being so aggressive about pushing them. So if you simply view it through that lens of like, okay, there's a 
power, there, there's, there's a control and power move here, and there's a profit incentive here, then everything makes sense. So to me, that's like the least conspiratorial view of it. That's just like facts. That's just, okay, that's just, that's just what it is. How far it's driven by that versus an actual desire to help people or save people or whatever. I don't know how someone wants to weigh those things up. Now, someone could be far more conspiratorial and go deeper and deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole, but I personally avoid that, right? I, I know some of the ideas people have out there, right. but I like, to, I like to speak on things that I, can, that I can verify and I can back up with actual arguments, right? Yeah. I'm not going to just throw something out there that is conceivably true and might sound sort of crazy and wild, but I can't actually back it up with anything. Um, but if I'm talking about money, power, control, look at history, look around the world, just pay attention. This is literally what, that's what governments do. That's what corporations do. Um, and these entities are very much in bed with each other, particularly in countries like the USA. And then you've got the media arm as well. It's like this, it's this sort of unholy alliance that they've got going on. Right. And, um, and it all makes sense. You know, it all makes sense. I mean, these mayors and governors, presidents, prime ministers, they've never had power like this before. Of course they like it. They got, they got in those positions because they wanted power. If you, if you seek to be the president of the USA, you seek power, you seek power over other people. You seek to be a governor, a mayor, you're seeking power, right? That doesn't, again, it doesn't mean it's always nefarious or malicious or you're trying to do something, but you are seeking power. And as we know, when people have power over human beings, there's going to be a percentage of people. And I'd say in people who are in the political class, you're going to get a much higher percentage of people like this because of the, the nature of the job and the fact that those people wanted it to begin with. You're, you're going to get people who use their authority in a very authoritarian and tyrannical way. You're going to have corruption. You're going to have people with ulterior motives. That's just what happens. And when people have a lot of power, they don't like to let go of it. We already know this. You know, we've seen this all throughout history. We've seen this in our own lifetimes. When governments individuals have power, they don't generally like to relinquish it, which is why in various countries, they keep extending their emergency powers. Mm-hmm. They, oh. keep, they keep rolling it. They keep rolling it because they, they're, they're, they're enjoying this. It's like, wow. I mean, I get to be a dictator in a so-called democracy. This is amazing. Yeah. Absolute um, power yeah. corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so these things always need to be kept in check. But when you have people believing the the safety narrative. I mean, when you're constantly scaring people, not only do they um, allow authoritarianism and totalitarianism, but they actively seek it. And they will actually attack you for not wanting the same thing because they want you to buy into their fear narrative and they want to be told what to do and they want to be controlled because that's how people behave when they're afraid. How do you think the people that they've, they've been hundred percent carrying the bucket for this since day one, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's what their team has been, you know, megaphoning the entire time. How do you think the people that are starting to wake up to how corrupt and weird everything is, but they're still just desperately holding on to it? How do you think those people, like, what do you think's going on in their heads right now where they have to keep towing the line, but they're starting to crack around the edges of what they're believing? Mm. Look, I think the strongest human emotion that exists is fear. Right. And most people operate actually from a position of fear. 
um, in, in many things in life. People operate from a position of fear. And one of the greatest fears besides the fear of death is the fear of social judgment, the fear of stigmatization, the fear of name calling, the fear of being ostracized or not being part of a group or part yeah. of a tribe. We're very, as much as we're individuals, human beings are very, very tribalistic animals. We all belong to various tribes in different ways, you know, national lines, ethnic lines, religious lines, political lines, hobbies, sports, whatever it is. That's just how human beings are wired. And tribalism isn't inherently a bad thing. It's, it's a neutral thing. Um, but this is why you often end up with this binary thinking. And this is how a situation such as this virus and the response to it has become so heavily politicized yeah. to the point where if you know someone's opinion on Kyle Rittenhouse, you can predict their opinion on COVID <laughs> and you can predict their opinion on systemic racism. And you can, you can assume their opinion on all of these things, which seem totally disconnected, but that's just how things are. Um, things so you're kind of saying, fall into you're saying the line. person driving alone in their car with their mask on, we can probably assume that they think, that Joe, think Joe Biden got 80 million votes. <laughs> they're prob they're probably not a rugged libertarian or conservative. Huh. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I'm sure ex exceptions exist, but unlikely yeah unlikely. That, that's that's true there are always exceptions oh where have we heard yeah. that before um yeah. so so i think that's i think that's part of it and i think so and and so so to answer your question more specifically so linking linking that in people don't like being wrong mm -hmm. everybody wants to be right nobody likes being wrong like I, I love being right you know um but people especially in the public sphere don't want to be don't want to admit that they were wrong and the longer they've been behaving that way, like people, people want to be consistent, right? People want to be consistent and congruent. So if you've been living for the past two years as if, you know, there's a super mega deadly virus going around that's going to, you know, kill you if you just breathe air and you uncover your face or you do this or do that. If you've been living like that, then it's, think about it. It, it would be, it would be really hard to accept at this point that, hmm, okay, maybe like, all that stuff I've been doing for the past 20 months was pointless. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't need to do that. So people now, this is why you see people wanting the virus to be more deadly than it is Yeah, because that's the only way it can justify their reality. So if you're in San Diego, so San Diego and LA are not dealing with the same virus as far as people's brains are concerned. Right. Yeah, you're not, you're not your, so that's how I look at it. So I'm almost like when I try to understand people, cause I do try to be empathetic and I essentially almost assume that there's two different viruses out there, right? Yeah. The one on um, people's heads and the real one. Yeah. Well, not, not even it's, it's, it's the, it, it, it's maybe there's even three, maybe there's the real one <laughs> and then, uh, okay, there's, there's three, there's, there's the real one. And then <laughs> there's, there's two very, there's more than two, but there's two very, very different interpretations of it. Okay. Would you even and call, this can would you, would you and this call can also variants? the Ligma variant, <laughs> <laughs> and this can also simply depend on what on what stats you choose to focus on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you, and you see this, okay? So someone who's afraid of COVID, and the, you know, and they're wearing triple masking, and they're wearing their mask outside, and they're uh, sanitizing their hands like crazy, and they're afraid of anyone who hasn't taken a shot or whatever. Filming people who okay. don't have masks on. <laughs> yeah. So what what are the stats they're focusing on? They're they're looking at oh my gosh, over seven hundred thousand Americans dead over. 
4 million people dead worldwide. Um, you know, those are the core numbers there, but those are actually the, the core numbers they're focusing on, right? Total, total deaths. Okay. Whereas someone who's less bothered by it, they're looking at the survival rate based on age or as the well. deaths based on actual deaths for COVID versus, you know, it, yeah, I, which, I, are, I, which are very, I fell off a ladder, yeah. but I had COVID at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, yeah, those, th- those numbers, we still don't truly know. Yeah. Um, you're looking at, okay. You know, the, you're, you're looking at on a more gradiated scale. I, I mean, okay, look, here, here's a thought. I've never articulated this before, oh, Perfect. but here, here, may, maybe here's the difference. It's exclusive. Maybe here's the difference. Of course, some people are more neurotic than others, but I think there's people who view risk as like a binary. Yeah. You, you, you see what I mean? Like either it's a risk or it's like, it's a, it's a risk or it's not like they, they don't, they're not really, there's not really a gradation on it. Yeah. It's just like a, it's a switch. It's an on and an off. And to them, COVID is an on, right? On, like that's, it's a threat. It's a threat. It's scary. That's it. Right. And then I think there's other people who it's more like a dial. It's like a volume control. <laughs> right. And it's like, you can recognize, okay, yes, it is some threat. You know, a, the, the flu is a threat, right? It, everything yeah. everything, is, everything is a threat. Get, getting, getting in a car, getting in a car. Look, for I, I believe probably for all of us, driving a car on a daily basis is a much greater threat to our lives than COVID Fact statistically check. true. Yeah. Right? I ride a motorcycle. So, you know, okay. Motorcycle turn even my more dial so, up right? even statistically, more. right? But you, you do these risk calculations. So I don't think any of us would, um, I don't know, ride a motorbike blindfolded without our arms holding onto the bar. That's too risky. Right? Well, maybe We're for the ground, but you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> or, uh, you know, <laughs> go, uh, go, go skydiving without a parachute. It's like, no, like too, too high risk. Yeah. Okay. But, but we're, we're, we're looking at it like, you know, not every disease is the same. Not every virus. It's like, okay, you've got, I don't know, you've got the black plague over there. Mm. You've got like AIDS and you've got Ebola, right? And then you've got, you know, okay, you've got the flu. Okay. You've got COVID. Okay. I accept it's more more dangerous generally than the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, but still in my personal demographic, like the probability of me dying from this thing is like less than 0.01. Yep. Um, That's a pretty low dial. So- yeah, it's, it's it's so so for me to alter my behavior in this huge way. Does, does that make sense? No, you know, I mean, one could make an argument that you should go around outside, you know, wearing. I mean, you could get you could just walking around outside. There's people who have been killed by, you know, just a brick falling on their head or something falling out of the sky. Like Potted it's possible. Plant. It's po- yeah, it's possible. <clears throat> but if you were to walk around with a helmet on all the time, and people were and someone's like, "Hey, why are you wearing a helmet?" And you're like, "Well, you know, something could fall out the sky and hit me." You'd be like, "Okay, you're." pretty paranoid are you sure you're not like yeah like like that that's pretty paranoid but this is the thing so when you got someone walking around outside or in driving around in their car with the two masks i mean we're not even going to get into the efficacy of whether or not masks work but even if the thing is the thing even if masks were effective in that circumstance wearing one is still completely asinine Yeah. yeah because this isn't a virus it just like flies around the air outside and just sort of Wait for you, you know, to take it, it off. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Does, it doesn't. It doesn't work like. Well, that, I just right? told people so, they just need to roll around in an office chair and just pretend you're in a restaurant the whole time. You'll be fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the virus is smart, man. The way it doesn't get you when you sit down. Yeah. Or if you're holding your eating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. It's wild. Does, it's wild. Does, I remember, does, do you remember? I remember last year when it was supporting BLM. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> remember, it got it got all the Trump supporters. Yeah, yeah, it it yeah. yeah. I was yeah. I was walking around work with an empty uh, uh, energy drink can most of the night just so I wouldn't have to wear a mask. 
But this is this is the thing. It's like the amount of ridiculous human behavior I've just seen over the past 20 months yeah. is crazy, right? People are being like on all sides of it, whether you're trying to comply or you're trying to avoid it. It's just like, it's just resulted in all this ridiculous behavior. It's like this huge game that's being played. Yeah. The hoops I'm I'm jumping through to not do this stuff is amazing. Like literally I'm carrying around, (laughs) like I'm, I I literally like before I throw something away, I'm like, I should hold onto that can. Then I can pretend I'm drinking. Yeah. Like just in case a supervisor comes by, I can be like, it's okay. COVID can't get me. It's so wild. Yeah. And you know, what's fun though is, um, when you, so I've, I've been in certain circumstances, especially when I was in the U S where, like I, I ask people to explain themselves, Oof. you know, <laughs> oh, wow. right. So, oh no, I, I, I do this. I, I'm, I, I'm not just, uh, cause I, I, I don't, I don't do the mask thing and I, 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 I don't do it. Right. I mean, I've, I've not entered several restaurants and even shops because like yeah. they tried to get me to do it and same no. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've, I, okay, let me give it, let me give a great example. I was in, I was in Los Angeles. Um, and I was sorry. <laughs> I was, uh, I was in training in the hotel gym. I'd been in the hotel for like a week. I'd been training every day. Everything was fine. One day I go in, it's a different guy at the desk. Um, by the way, it's a pretty big gym. And besides me and the one staff member, the gym is empty. Okay. Okay. Putting a so lot I of lives in. at risk, I'm sure. Yeah. So I walk in and he's like, um, you know, sir, do you have a mask? You have to wear a mask in the gym. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't have one. Um, and he's like, okay, you'll have to wear a mask. The only, only exception is if you're using the treadmill, I was like, okay, I'll use the treadmill. So I went, I did my warm up, 10 minutes on the treadmill. And then I proceed and I start doing some pull-ups. Uh, he sees me doing pull-ups, obviously no mask on. And he uh, walks over and he's standing behind me. I've got my headphones in and I finish. And he's like, sir, you have to wear a mask. And I was like, why? And he's like, um, because those are the rules. You just have oh. to wear a mask. Oh, I was like, rules. I was like, why? And he's like, I don't, I don't make the rules. These are, these are just the rules. I was like, but why does the rule exist? And he's like, uh, because of COVID. I was like, do you have COVID? He's like, no. And I'm fully vaccinated. I was like, okay. And I don't have COVID. So what's the problem? And he's like, um, sir, you, you, you have to wear a mask. That's the rule. I was like, why? <laughs> so this, this goes on this goes on i'm not going to do the whole conversation but this this went on for about 10 12 minutes this guy's calculating I, how much he makes an hour right now he's like, <laughs> but eventually i got him to i had like because because no one he he hadn't thought about this right you know like he's been living he's just been going along with this thing and i got him to the point of just him accepting that it makes no sense right Log- logic is 100 on my side here yeah right and I was like, it makes no sense. You, you can't even make the argument. Like there's not even anyone else in the gym. Yeah. You led him down I, the path. I, and he I, was just I like, even oh, told shit. him, I was like, I was like, look, if, if you were actually afraid of a virus, like you coming over here to me, this whole interaction would have been when it transmits because yeah. like, we've now been talking <laughs> for 10 <laughs> minutes. Like, I'm not trying to bother you. I understand you don't set the rules. You know, I was, I was very kind, very cordial, but you know, very assertive. I was just like, you know, okay, like let's, let's go down this rabbit hole. And you explain to me, if you have a good logical reason <laughs> why I should be doing this. And also this is literally in a gym, like training with a mask on is even extra stupid. Yeah. Even the WHO says, don't do that. Well, how is um, being on a treadmill different than doing pull-ups? Like you're exerting dude, the whole thing effort. Is, it's, it's it doesn't bonkers. make any sense. Yeah. It's bonkers. But again, coming back to what I was saying earlier, if you view this through the lens of safety, it makes no sense. If you right. view it through the lens of power and control, of course it makes sense. Wait, so the guy gave up like to, is what you're saying, right? 
Yeah, he gave up, of course. Perfect. Um, yeah, but you know, because I, because I, I kind of had the time. I was like, you know what, like. Let me let let's. I was like, I was like, let's do this one. You should have been let's like, you should have been like, hey, let me get back on the treadmill so we can talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but this is the thing, you know. And I had this uh, even in Mexico, like uh, you know, there was a literally outdoor restaurant, and uh, the, the the table was literally like two meters away from me, and we're, we're all outside, and the guy doesn't want to let me pass the rope unless I put a mask on to take three steps to the table, mm. and I'm again, I'm like, por qué. And he's just like, las reglas, las reglas, you know, the rules. And I'm yep. like, pero por qué? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? And, you know, this guy didn't break down. Like, he, he was just like, no, you can't come in if you don't. I was like, okay, there's like 20 other restaurants on the same street. So, you know, I went somewhere else and they were yeah. fine. But this is the, it's like, what, what are we doing? Do you see what I mean? I'm just yeah. like, what, what is this, guys? Like, I've been around the world for a while. Like, I've, <laughs> I've existed for a while. And prior to early 2020, maybe even early to mid 2020, nobody was doing any of this stupidity in any city, in any country in the world. Yeah, You know, it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. Everybody in this restaurant who put on their mask for two seconds to walk to their table, to take it off and eat for an hour knows it doesn't make sense. So can we stop? Like, just stop. Like, what is this random theater it's so nonsensical yeah if you and, went back and during like flu season and been like okay you're gonna have to wear a mask it's flu season just to walk five feet they would have been like you're out of your fucking mind yeah of course yeah dude it wouldn't it wouldn't just be that wearing a mask in public was not even something that was neutral right oh. it's not even like it, 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 it was actually totally unacceptable like yeah. if you imagine imagine putting on a mask to get in an uber or to go into the bank or to go into a store oh, you go like, the bank you doing? shot like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Whereas now it's like, I'm like, you're not going to convince me that that's normal behavior, dude. <laughs> now it's the more um, mass, the merrier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's, um, I think the, the, the mask thing is actually a funny one because so many people don't think it's a big deal, but to me, it's actually a huge deal. Huge. Um, they, none, none of this would have been possible if people had said no to the yeah. masks. 100%. Right. All, all the other stuff they're doing, the vaccine mandates and all that wouldn't even be on the table nope. if people had said no to mask mandates. Um, so yep. this is a perfect example of a compliance ladder. And it's also something that visually advertises fear and anxiety It broadcasts it to other people. So rather than, you know, by this time, people have sh literally should have literally just forgotten about this thing, but people can't forget about it because they're constantly being beat over the head by propaganda on social media, on TV, um, on screens in the real world, the more people you have wearing masks, the more it's, it's merchandise. Yep. It's literally merchandise. It keeps it in your face every single day. Oh, the amount of money that, I mean, I, I'd... well, that's it right there. We've been talking about it the whole time right now. It's just follow the money and you realize it's yeah. just as simple as that clear as day. Well, just the amount yep. of money that China's made like shipping over, like every mask you find is going to say made in China. Mm -hmm. on yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Dude, we've witnessed the greatest wealth transfer Yep. Yes, 100%. possibly in human history. Yes, it is 100. And in human and history. and do you know what? Do you know the funniest thing is that so many people who have enabled it and supported it have been people who consider themselves on the left. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. The people who are normally anti big corporations, anti ridiculous profits, um, anti working class and middle class people getting completely shafted at the hand of these billionaire elites and whatever, you've had the billionaire class just making money hand over fist. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, small and medium business owners have had their businesses shut down, their barbershops, their restaurants, their gyms, 
their, their little clothing stores, all of that stuff has been completely destroyed. And the people who claim that they were champions for these people have not cared, whilst it seems that a lot of the people who, um, you know, are more freedom minded for sure, or more conservative in some cases have been the ones who have been calling out from early saying like, yo, these are going to be the consequences of this. And I remember clearly last year when people were warning about the problems, um, that the impact that this would have on the economy and people were saying, oh, so you care more about money than human lives. And it's like, dude, do you, how do you not like, if you think the economy is just like the stock market, then you're an idiot, Yes, right? The, eco the economy is all of us. The economy is everybody working and using their labor to keep the whole system going. Money has no value if labor is not attached to it. Yep. If you print trillions and trillions of dollars and you just throw it at people or throw it into nonsense while the labor is going down, you inflate the dollar. Who gets hurt when you inflate the dollar? It's not the people who are billionaires. No. It's not the political class. It's the everyday person on the street. And it's so wild to me watching people who, you know, like I said, are it's so weird to me watching these like leftists just aligning with these giant pharmaceutical companies and giant over over governmental overreach and all of this stuff. And again, like I said, it shouldn't really be political, but if it were going to be aligned in some direction politically, this is not how I think someone a few decades ago would have predicted it would have played out. Yeah, no, 100%. Those were my favorite people to watch just evolve throughout this whole thing were the people that they own a small business, they own a barbershop, they own a, you know, hair salon or whatever. And they're full bore, you know, like, hey, you know, 81 million votes. And then all of a sudden, like, hey, wait a second, this is, this is actually affecting me now. Mm -hmm. Now I'm collecting unemployment. Yeah. Yep. You know what those same people, a lot of those same people will go back and vote for the same thing again and again and again. I mean, you guys are in California, you know the deal. Yeah, we sure do. Well, you know, the definition of insanity. <laughs> It's so weird. And, you know, I, I try not to call people stupid. But oh, it's very hard, it's, especially, it's, especially with all this stuff. <laughs> do, do, I, I, I do love, I do love people in general. I have a true love for humanity. I just like to use, but hey, the dummy. amount of stupidity. I, I, I have, I've said before that we could have had herd immunity by this point, but instead we have herd stupidity. Oof. Sounds just about right. The last thing I wanted to touch <laughs> touch with you on in, in regards to this, and, and again, it's been awesome really getting to know you today. You know, I've seen you on, on some shows. I've listened to you on some podcasts, but being able to just, you know, bounce the questions off of, of you and, and get your responses, I definitely think, you know, it, I'm, I'm really glad you're injecting yourself, pun intended, into yep. politics a whole <laughs> lot more now because, because it helps out. Now, now, you could certainly speak for the UK because that's where you're at. You know, and we're here in the U.S. and you've spent a ton of time here. You're talking about two of the most resilient nations in the history of the world. I, I think mm. it's pretty safe to say, you know, we've, we've seen and overcome so many challenges in the past. Just based off of these experiences that you've seen over the, the past couple of years and whether it's like stuff to do with the government, not just COVID, but in general, the way you see like policy change in the whole build back better for the world and stuff. Do you mm. see? Do you see our two nations really being able to overcome this? Because because I think I, I followed politics now for probably thirty years, and it's one of those things where this is probably the, some of the biggest challenges that I think our country's non-militarily that we've ever seen. And it's pretty funny to say, it's probably hurting us a lot more than any kind of military campaign could ever do. Mm. But but do you see do you see our countries being able to overcome this and, and and maybe get some some better leadership in there or just see the people continue to come together and I don't want to say like rise up and overthrow the government, but rise up and just 
be as strong as our nations have been, you know, for decades and decades and decades? The answer is yes. I am optimistic. I don't necessarily know the time scale. Right. I'm always long-term optimistic when it comes to human beings. Um, And I think that if you look at history, it's a little bit like a, (laughs) it's a little bit like a, like a stock market and that it, it generally trends upwards, but you get, you get spikes, you get crashes, you get points where things go backwards. And I think we're in a big going backwards phase. And I think we have been actually for several years. Um, But I think the overall trajectory by most measures is still very, very positive. I think that much of the problems the West is dealing with are problems of surplus and problems of excess and problems of comfort. If you think about most countries around the world, or you think of every country throughout the vast majority of history, the problem has typically always been lack, Uh right? Lack of food, lack of healthcare, lack of nutrition, lack of this, lack of that. Whereas now the lack is coming from excess. (laughs) It's, it's really, it's really strange. And I think that also ties into people's mind states, right? People, I think people are weaker, literally, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, family, community. People are overall weaker in the UK and in the USA and in Western Europe than we were um, in previous decades. And I do think that that can be turned around, um, but I don't think it's something that is super fast. But I think the first point that people have to do is to recognize, recognize the problem and be willing to actually talk about it. There's so many huge problems in the West that are taboo, taboo to talk about. You're not meant to talk about them. You're not meant to discuss them. If you do, you're supposed to do it in a very specific way. And that prevents these issues from ever being resolved. Yeah. And these are some real big fundamental pieces. And until those things get fixed and people are willing to talk about them seriously and talk about them openly and really discuss solutions across the political aisle, just everyone, you know, take, take the politics out of it. And like, let's just, let's put some facts and stats on the table and let's talk about these issues. Let, here, let, here, let me take something that's um, very relevant to what we were talking about before. Okay. We want to talk about a pandemic. Can we talk about obesity? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why, how, how is it? It's, it's not by accident. We know, even if you're looking at COVID, what was the percentage of over vast majority of people hospitalized and who died overweight and obese? Like if there, if there were a time to really have this conversation. Well, if you get a shot, people, we'll give you a burger. <laughs> and a donut. Exactly. And, 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 and people didn't want to be super political correct and all that, right? Like, then this is not about attacking anyone, right? It's not about like, this is the thing. Cause people always try to, as soon as you bring this issue up, People start jumping to, oh, you're attacking people or you're fat shaming or you're bullying. It's like, no, 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 no. Right. If we're going to talk about health, let's actually talk about the biggest health issue in the USA. It's actually not opioids. Like that is a big problem. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not COVID specifically. It's not, it's like, it's this one thing, which then downstream of that, Actually, it affects a lot of other things, various types of cancer, cardiovascular disease, COVID itself, so on and so forth. So it's like, look, let's let's have this let's have this conversation because we, we you can see the trend every single year. The rate is going up and up. If if it keeps going the way it is, 
there's not going to be anybody of a healthy body weight in the USA in in a hundred years. Nope. Um, and you don't you don't want that to for the future of any country. So that conversation needs to be had because when the conversation is had, then it's on people's radar and people can talk about it openly. And look, there there are solutions to this thing. Like I'm a health guy, I'm a fitness guy. I'm also a guy who used to be overweight. I weighed more 20 years ago than I weigh now. Uh-huh. So, so like, these are things that can be, these are things that can be addressed and people can help and can support and all of that. So that's one example. Um, I, I use that because we're kind of talking about physical yeah. health anyway. Um, but it's so wild to me that instead they, they literally push the, the opposite messages, stay at home, shut down the gyms, uh, don't go outside. Um, like this would have been the time for them. Like if this is really about health, they should have been like, okay, now is the time. Like, here, here, the, the alarm is, the alarm is ringing. These are the stats. Um, so here are some things that you can do or that we recommend, or here's some support that maybe is offered or whatever. Right. Even with the shots, right. You guys are joking about the free cheeseburgers and free fries. And free. It's like, how about a free gym membership, man? How yeah. about like, <laughs> you gotta go to Belmar, New Jersey for that one. Yeah. We had Ian Smith on last week. He's one of okay. our shows, great friends. And he hasn't charged a single person since COVID started for his gym. I know he's a so great dude. He is a great dude. And, uh, yeah. definitely one of our good ones to have on the show now, consequently mm-hmm. in the same category as you. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, we're building these relationships. We're not really uh, continuing the narrative, but we're building a strong mm. one now, uh, kind of canvassing all the different personalities from all over the world, including you, Zuby. It's been great to know you today. Uh, for our listenership who doesn't know where you're at and what you got going on, whether you want to talk about your newest album, your book, uh, and in your social medias, where can you direct our traffic to? And we'll live link them all in our show description today. Sure thing, man. Uh, so if you want to find out more about me, if you go to zubimusic.com, that's my main website, you can find links to everything on there. If you want to check out my book, my music, or my merchandise, teamzubi.com is the best place for that. And then you can find me on all social media at zubimusic, that is Z-U-B-Y music. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Minds, everywhere. Just search Zuby, Z-U-B-Y, and you will find me there. Nice. And you will find not only a lot of information and, and, and some awesome things to listen to, but you, you're going to get some, some great advice on, on how to live a little bit of a healthier lifestyle as well. I don't know what – can you name something that Zuby doesn't bring to the table yet? Well, I just remember <laughs> before, I, before I was familiar with who you are, I would just see people like, you know, reposting uh, like screenshots of tweets. your tweets mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I'm like, this guy's making a shit ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah, we, we are extremely thankful that you are you are out there with a, a voice that's not only loud but it's extremely reasonable and i think that's what the best part of you know having a voice is to be able to bring to the table like you said if it was only one-sided it wouldn't be a discussion it would be you know an argument that you think you can't lose but you you bring a lot of you know colorful insight and and real uh depth to what you're talking about because you've seen it and and you're you're a real life example of someone who's literally gone around the world and seen it on on every level so Zuby, we appreciate you coming on with us today we hope at some point in the future you know we'll stay in contact you come back because this has been awesome maybe you know next time you have a book or an album or anything come out or if you decide to run for you know prime minister or whatever over there <laughs> you can announce it on steak for breakfast but we'll, we'll definitely keep tracking you and and sharing all of your stuff and and like i said thanks for coming down to steak for breakfast today I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Take care. Jumping in next with us today on this Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast. He's currently running uh, for Congress out of District 8 in Texas. Mr. Taylor, Richard, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast today. 
Yeah. Thanks for having me. How you doing, sir? I'm doing really well. Just busy, busy, busy. How yeah. about yourself? We're, we're doing about the same. I mean, we, we're out here in Southern California, so we're not as uh, blessed geographically as you, unfortunately. However, uh, <laughs> it, it's still busy times for all of us. I'm just busy being very welcoming. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, I wanted to get into this with you. America first candidate in a, in a state that has a lot of America first values like Texas. Why don't you tell us real quick, uh, what kind of motivated you to jump in this and, and, and throw your name in the hat to be running right now? Well, the reason I did it is one for my, my kids. I've got twins that are seven, uh, we one, he's three and they're starting to feed us little bits of socialism, uh, piece by piece. Mm. And 10, 15 years from now, who knows what kind of country they're going to be living in. And I, I want to stop it. We, we need to stop it. And that, that's why I'm stepping up as an American first candidate. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, we've had so many different people on and, and honestly, whether it's Anthony Sabatini, Teddy Daniels, Joe Kent, uh, Steve Kara, every single one of them has kind of told their little personal story about politics in general. But then when it gets down to the actual reasons why they always like, well, I got small children and this is going on. And, you know, my kids are small and my kids are growing up in this country right now. And I, I don't like the way it is. And it, it's definitely good to see that as one of the motivating factors to kind of reinvest yourself in America first politics while using your family as like the motivating factor. I think it's uh makes for a good recipe for success. It's definitely nice to see people living in the real world and seeing the ramifications of all these bad decisions too. Yeah. We're, we're not dealing with career politicians and stuff like that. When you have people running um, on America first agendas and for their family, why don't you tell our listening audience a little bit about uh, Texas eight? Well, Texas eight right now it's, it's an open seat. Kevin Brady has announced his retirement at the end of this term. So, like I said, the seat's open. It's been a notoriously red district. However, they've redrawn the district lines. And this district is now dipping down into Harris County, which is somewhat uh, scary at this point yeah. because we don't know how, how that's going to turn out uh, for the district. Now, now, where they're dipping it down into is somewhat red, but they're going to sacrifice some, some votes by doing so. And that, that's the scary part. We have so many people moving to that area from all across the country that have voted notoriously blue. And that that's scary. Yeah, it's it certainly is. I, I've seen a lot of, of these redistricting maps coming out um, over the last couple of weeks. And although a lot of them show positives, uh, like you said, in your district, when, when you see the opportunity to maybe lose a couple, uh, you know, the votes or, or the, the house seats because of redistricting going back to the other side. Of the aisle. It's definitely not what we're looking forward to heading into towards the midterm elections. How would you, uh, say the campaign trail has been treating you so far? What's it, what's it looking like out there? Are you getting out, meeting the people and, 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 and how, how have you been received, you know, kind of getting that America first platform out in Texas? No, the America first platform has been well received the campaign trail has been, been nice. It's been, been busy, but somewhat cumbersome. I was, I, I'm still holding down my day job <laughs> while doing it. So it's, I'm essentially having two jobs at this point and I can't sacrifice time for the day job to do this. So mm -hmm. it's been somewhat cumbersome, but it's anything worthwhile is never easy. Yeah. That's uh, definitely something that uh, we know about. Obviously this is not our day job. And it's not, no, it's not, even though we put out two shows a week and and it takes pretty much seven days, 365 to do current events, the news with interviews. Uh, 
we both have families. Our third host, who's not with us yet today, she's got a family, and and we all work, so we could definitely understand how uh, you know much time goes into putting out a, a great product. And when you're talking about an actual political campaign, I'm sure even more care has to go into that as well. Right. There's a lot of attention to detail and getting your name out there in, in the manner that you want, not not letting perception hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's every candidate who runs on the America First platform, it's either depending on where, you know, uh, they live or geographically where their district falls. Um, it might have stuff to do with, uh, you know, what maybe Trump era policies they, they really thought were great and what ones they want to see either like change or could be better. Now, just specifically said to your campaign, what what are some of the big America First agenda pillars that you you've kind of been championing out there while you're on the campaign trail? Let's stop the critical race theory. I just remove that from our public school system. Let's remove all political ideologies from our education system. Those have got to go. We need to go back to the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, factual-based history, teaching our, our children how to form their own educated opinions instead of being mindless sheeple like we're, we have running around right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, furthermore, we need to just close down the border. And anybody that we know has come over illegally, let's ship them back. Let's close down the border. I'm not saying we don't need immigration. We do, but we need to do it legally. Maybe we need to look at revamping the immigration system itself, but we have to stop the, the border. We can't, we can't afford this many people coming over. And the fact they even suggested giving these illegals $450,000 mm. is mind-blowing. And we, we've, gotten, we've had soldiers lose life and limb, and they're not given, given that kind of compensation. And it's, it's crazy to see. And also voter fraud. Yeah. Let's take a look at our, our election integrity. If, if we need to call for an audit every year or every election cycle for, for this, then so be it. We, we need to know that our election is secure. If we can't secure it, then our republic is, is over. We're going the way of Venezuela. No, you're, you're 100% correct. And, and those are a lot of the uh, you know, great things we like to see candidates who come on this show like to be, you know, kind of getting out there as, as parts of their platform. You have ones that, you know, like you said, are very personal, touch your family, stuff in the classroom, CRT, implementation of socialism, communism, uh, kind of vibes in the classroom, and then teaching factual history. Doesn't necessarily only apply to children, because, again, you have places like, you know, the New York Times who decides to, like, rewrite it in however way they deem fit every couple of years, and they win Pulitzer Prize is for it. But, however, they are teaching a lot of that stuff that that paper is, like, proprieting into the classrooms right now, which is, of course, scary. The border, obviously, Texas, regardless of whether you live in, in Houston or Del Rio, the border is definitely something that affects the entire state, and so does legal immigration. It hurts the economy. It hurts the working middle-class families and stuff like that. And then election integrity. You know, we've seen not just on a national level, uh, whether or not you were referencing just the 2020 presidential election, but, you know, there there's are some scary parts of even, like, Texas, like Houston area, where you've seen, you know, people kind of deep-root themselves in there, and a lot of weird stuff with the elections go on. Um, well, just illegal immigration and election integrity are mm-hmm. starting to be, you know, Holding hands, hand so to hand speak. Politics. Yeah. So moving moving forward, uh, when do you guys kind of uh, wrap up the primary? It's coming up soon. Don't you? Aren't you guys like March? We are March. The primaries in March. Uh, that's awesome. Are you guys going to have any debates? We we've had a candidate forum that was back right. in late September. Yes. And that went really well. There was about ten of us up there. Uh, some have dropped out. Some were switched districts 
due to the redistricting. Well, but that, the the core core individuals are still there. And then you feel really great moving forward with the redistricting numbers, and then the the things that you're kind of running on right now, moving into the primary, right? I'm very comfortable, and, and a lot of what I'm running on can hit can hit home to most anybody, especially those with kids or grandkids. Yes, because ultimately, we want the same opportunity afforded to our children that we had when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's slowly being eroded away. They're just chipping away at it a piece at a time. And they've been doing it for 50 years, mm-hmm. but it, now it's getting to a tipping point that if it's not stopped now, we're going to wake up in 15 years and wondering what happened. Yeah. It's definitely uh, something that we all need to ta- pay really, really a lot of attention to, especially in these midterms coming up, because this right now is going to set the stage for what happens in 2024. Regardless, if we ever get to the bottom of what happened in the 2020 presidential election, we will be able to solidify a foundation that's, you know, almost unstoppable going into the 2024 uh, presidential campaign. And I think that's the most important, uh, you know, factor of all this is, especially with the House seats, because, you know, this current regime is really running the country off a very short cliff right now. And it's candidates like you who are out there working it that, uh, you know, are going to help bring this country back from, you know, the desperate times we're in right now. Um, We have an extremely interactive listening audience. I know we do have a lot of listeners that live in Texas. Why don't you tell them where they could uh, find you on social medias and uh, maybe your c- congressional website, and you'll you, you'll probably see donations. And even if you guys have volunteers, people to go knock on doors, whatever you need, they'll have people you know who listen to this show or who moving forward are going to be helping you. Yeah, so go to www.taylorwitchardforcongress.com, and on there you can find the links to all my social media. And you can also look me up on Facebook as well, uh, Taylor Witcher before for Congress. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. We will live link them in our show, sir. And uh, moving forward, uh, maybe after the primaries, when, when, when you become the candidate for the uh, Republican seat, we can have you back and get an update. Uh, we wish you the best of luck and, of course, happy holidays. And thanks for coming on with us on Steak for Breakfast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And you all have a Merry Christmas as well. Appreciate you too. it. Joining us today to do the news, he's the host of Be Reasonable. Uh, It's one of the few podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. Usually available right after high noon. Mm. I like it. Mr. (laughs) Chris Paul, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's our pleasure. And hello, Antoinette. Hello, friend, friend. There you go. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. And we're glad to have you as well. Um... Chris, I've been following you for quite some time now. I definitely like what you do. Like I said, there are, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to the news probably at, like you do 24-7 because yeah. we do shows twice a week. You do shows four or five days a week. You know, it's one of those things where you have to, if you get yourself out of the loop, you become almost irrelevant as a voice, uh, as a content provider, or if you're doing news commentary, you're doing interviews. If you don't know what's going on, it, it directly affects your work and, uh, some of the work you're doing is absolutely fantastic. Like I said, it's one of the ones I listen to every day. I don't think we could do that many shows a week. No, definitely not. If I was an independent millionaire, maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just be totally comfortable with being permanently broke. Oh, there you go. Well, we get fired from our jobs, you know. Yeah, never know. Yeah, that's true. Much to the chagrin of my wife and probably children. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where... Uh, you know, it seems like you do a ridiculous amount of work because not only do you touch on a lot of those hot topics that are directly affecting 
the nation, the movement, everything. You have some really ins- like when I listen, I know that you've done your your homework and, and you've done a lot of research and you know you you you've done it all to put out an amazing product. Well, thank you. I mean, part of that is just uh, you know the obvious obses- obsession just based on how important I think that this period of time is. But part of it is because, you know, I lived most of my adult life being relatively clueless to so much of this stuff. (laughs) You know, I was always into politics and I always followed what I call the central narrative, you know, which I think a lot of us have come to realize is just a propagandistic state media. And, you know, I feel like I, I owe it to myself and anyone I talk to to try to be able to unwind as much of what I thought before as I possibly can. Yeah, that's uh, definitely an excellent point. And uh, why don't you tell our listening audience who may not know too much about you, what your show is mm. about? Well, I mean, I guess maybe the the way to start that is to kind of describe where I was before the show started. Uh, I had a podcast uh, years back, I think in like 2015, 2016, called None Taken. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly conversations with guests, like whether they were celebrities or writers or actors, directors, whatever, just people in my Hollywood community. And it kind of just, I don't really remember why I stopped doing it, but I got to the point where I really felt like it was something I wanted to do again. And so I was starting up and preparing to do that kind of right as the COVID period hit last year. And I worked for 15 plus years in Hollywood nightlife and doing celebrity outreach for corporate events And so I had this big community that I had built there. And a lot of that hinged on the hospitality industry being in business. And so with a snap of a finger, those commies out in California shut all that down. And I was left with all this free time, you know, and I think initially a lot of us thought that that was going to be a couple of weeks or so. Mm. And I thought, okay, well, this is, this is kind of perfect. You know, I was getting a little burnt out on all of that stuff being out all the time. And this is going to give me a little bit of time to ramp up this whole podcast thing and get focused on writing and whatever else. And so at the beginning, I kind of relished the opportunity and I got the podcast going and immediately it turned into something that I hadn't really intended for it to be. And the more I did it, the more I focused on everything that was going on. And that's kind of changed my whole outlook politically and otherwise, you know, I I was focused on what the actual information was day to day, like what the actual sources were saying, the great work that people were doing on Twitter, like data analysts, professors, epidemiologists, virologists, you can actually follow all those people on Twitter. And it turns out that they were saying something entirely different than what the news media was saying, which I was also watching all the time. And then I would watch Trump's press conferences and he was in line with what all these great researchers online were doing. And I was like, wait a second, Trump's not lying about this stuff. And the media is. And I was like, okay, well, if that's true, what else is Trump not lying about? (laughs) And so that's kind of like where everything came from for me. Yeah. That's just, uh, yeah. You were obviously listening to the wrong doctors and virologists. There's only one doctor you're allowed to (laughs) listen to. So yeah. And, And we'll get to him later. I don't like him. Nobody does, except the people that wear their masks in their car. We just talked about that. How about the guy? Remember the picture of the guy that had his uh, masks stapled over his vents of his air conditioning in his car? Yes. That's my favorite. (laughs) Did you you see that one, Come on, man. No, No, I didn't see that. Uh, Legit. I was just like, wow, that's a thing. 
I did just see an Anthony Fauci and vaccine menorah that someone made today. What? Yeah, there's like an effigy of Lord (laughs) Fauci as the center candle and then various sizes of vaccine bottles make up the other candles. Wow. And we're there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a cult at all, huh? No. You are part of the problem. Stop. (laughs) I thought you were going to hit the retarded button. Yeah, well, you know. But don't worry, we'll have a couple clips from, from... Air quoting now, Dr. Fauci mm. lady. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. I do want to touch a little bit on some mm, outside of the beltway-ish, but kind of like in definitely inside. Uh, we, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, the ever-evolving Durham narrative. You know, we've had some pretty mm. good people on recently, both Dr. Peter Navarro, Amanda Milius, and Cash Patel all kind of weighed in on it. it. seems like they all vaguely point to the spring is when we're really going to uh, – you know, have that entire criminal enterprise painted nicely for us, which hopefully will lead all the way to the top. Cash Patel shop stopped short of saying anybody passed McCabe, but then did hint that it's already linked to Hillary Clinton. We believe kind of it's going to go all the way to Obama and, and Biden, which which I think we all four of us hope it does. And, and, and no, it did. So it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we'll just have to see what happened. Trump was on over the weekend. He jumped on Fox Business to kind of give a little Durham update. Um, a little bit different than what he said on Hannity last week when the 40 and slip came out and he said the investigation was done and they argued about it a little bit. Let's kind of hear what he said when he jumped on uh, Sunday morning. ...to end down about 800 points uh, or at least be... Mr. Uh, President, we only have two minutes. I just, I just, two more issues quickly. One is the Durham indictment uh, recently right. of that Russian where it was, it was discovered that in fact the information for the Russian dossier did not come from Russia specifically. It came from a uh, Clinton operative uh, to a Russian, the Russian who was indicted. What, what do you make of all this? Well, it was a hoax. Uh, and I got I got more hoaxes. We have these hoaxes going on with, uh, with the DAs and the attorney generals who are running for office. You look at the attorney general, she got elected on, I will get Trump. Uh, Westchester, she was an MSNBC contributor. She, she hated Trump. Yep. She wins for, in Westchester. I can fly over a state that's Democrat and I'll end up under investigation. <laughs> it's a disgrace what's going on. Look, the Durham report is a great thing because it it really is a strong, and I don't think it's finished. I mean, look, I know and you know it has to go to the top. I don't think they'll do it because they never seem to have the courage to do it, just like they don't have the courage to call the election properly right. mm, or right. to show all the dishonesty in the election. I don't think they'll do it. But you know that went to the top. They knew everything. That's not stopping with Sussman and the other people that have been indicted. That, yeah. that should go all the way to the top. Mr. And a lot of people are very proud of John Durham, even though it took much longer, uh, because that really set a foundation. Yeah. It was a hoax. And, you know, think of what it did. Two and a half years it took to realize. Now the Washington Post is taking all their coverage out. And, by the way, the New York Times, Washington Post, Hopefully they'll get back their Pulitzer Prizes. They got Pulitzer Prizes for their it. coverage of Russia, 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 and now it was a fake. So they should, uh, guys like you should get the prize. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Now, Chris, you talk about and have talked about the Durham report on your show. You've got mm-hmm. into it extensively. Um, do, what do you kind of see is going on with this right now, and, and what are some of the things that you think may, may wind up be, you know, coming out of this eventually? Well, you know, I think I have, like, two minds about about all of this stuff. I think like overall we need to reach a point where 
enough of society understands enough about everything that has happened. And obviously this is one of those big things. I think that a lot of people are focused on uh, arrests and prosecutions and stuff, but ultimately the narrative is what is most important to me. And that's the part I focus on. Like one of the things that my show really focuses on are things that shift the narrative and how the country is responding because that's the best indication of where things are going. Like, I fully believe that the people have the ultimate power in this country, even still. I mean, if if the force, let's say, that was up against us, which I often refer to as global communism, and people have different ways of describing it, but if that thing were really the all-powerful force that some people believe it to be, why aren't they winning better? No, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they have a lot of things that they want to accomplish. And that's obvious, like whether it's vaccine mandates or the build back better agenda or whatever the initiative is, why isn't it just easier for them to accomplish all these things? And ultimately I think that the answer for that is they are not prepared or not able to use uh, state violence against the people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, could make it work, right? Like if they actually decided to take everything over. But the other thing is that the only way for them to go on with their system the way they want it is for the public to give its consent to that system, which is why they're trying to make the world so bad that we actually beg for global communism to be implemented. Yep. To own nothing and be happy about it? To eat crickets? (laughs) Delicious Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're going to have to be like, and, the podcast the today fact, is brought to you by The fact by that crickets. that stuff hasn't, hasn't happened, that that hasn't materialized yet. I mean, people can say all they want, that everybody got psyoped into complacency mm. and mm. pacified, but I don't believe that at all, man. People are rising up in a way I've never seen in my lifetime. People are rejecting the central narrative. They're rejecting the state media. They're rejecting Hollywood celebrity. They're barely watching sports. They're barely watching cable news. They're seeing the corruption in the public health community. They're seeing it in the universities. They're understanding where our position in the world is. Yep. I, I don't I don't get anybody that has that attitude, man. And I think that a lot of that attitude is derived from their own personal attachment to the central narrative, which comes from constantly paying attention to state media and from continuing their addiction to legacy social media. Yeah. I don't think anyone should be on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And I appreciate that people are on there and they think that that's a battlefield or they think they can get their message out that way. I, I don't buy it. I don't agree with it. And I mean, I guess part of that is because I was banned by all of them. Oh, but, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I really like, I used to work. Um, I used to have a company where we managed celebrity social media accounts mm. and business accounts. So we were very focused on the platform's ability abilities and our ability to manipulate those abilities to the benefit of our clients. And we were concerned about, you know, communications and all the different ways that you can operate those systems. And the truth is that those, those systems are highly manipulated by the companies, right? You don't see things they don't want you to see. Right. And so even when you're seeing information that runs counter to their narrative, they're figuring out ways to still play that to their advantage. And one of the ways they play it to their advantage is by making sure that what you see is intended to always demoralize you. They will feed your content to people on the other side if they know those people will immediately attack you. You know what I mean? So 
These things are all possible within their systems. And to think that they don't do it is insane. And let me just say one more thing about, about my own personal censorship story. You know, Judicial Watch had a FOIA that came out, I think, in May that showed a bunch of instances of the California Secretaries of State mm-hmm. or Secretary of State's office communicating with the social media platforms and an organization called the National Association of Secretaries of State. And they were, you know, using these portals to censor specific people. And I'm going through this document and I see myself (laughs) in one of the posts. Like, there's my face. I was uh, being recorded in a video. We were doing a uh, Gavin Newsom uh, recall signing. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about how the California Secretary of State's office had changed my voter registration and made me a permanent vote by mail. And that's all I said is that they made that change. And I was able to change it back. But they made that change. They wow. they went to the social media platforms, called that misinformation and had my post removed. So I have witnessed the state working with the social media companies as state actors to censor Americans in opposition to the First Amendment. Like that is just as clear cut as it gets. Yep. Clearly, they saw you as a threat, though, too. Because I mean, yeah, perhaps or at least the information it. was. Yeah. Yeah. But they went pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people don't realize that's happening at all. And that's happening without them knowing. That's the worst part. And the other thing for me is, you know, all these misinformation labels and disinformation labels and all that, like uh, on one hand, we accept it and we know it's, you know, BS. Wait, are we allowed to say like, oh, yeah, you can say whatever. whatever Oh, okay, good. Yes. Um, Whatever you say, don't say George Soros. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you say it three times, he appears. Oh, no. Um, It's too many of those. (laughs) <laughs> like we we all know that that censorship stuff is bullshit and we kind of just let it go and we yeah. don't care i like but to we know at the same time that says. they are shadow banning us and the worst part of it is what they are doing is actively defaming us within our own communities yes. you know every time i put something out that's well researched and it has that label on it people are looking at that and thinking i'm a conspiracy theorist i'm crazy i'm dumb i'm a liar that's yeah. defamation as far as i'm concerned man yeah Yes. Totally. Especially like people to... that are not like aware, you know, like the, the ones that are still listening to legacy media and all that, that don't get censored. So they're like, oh, you know, liar, crazy person. I just wonder yeah. how many people they just take that at face value and they don't actually click yeah. on it. I really enjoy clicking on all those links and seeing exactly what they say, because I think we talked about this last show. Mm-hmm. It's literally the exact same thing that they're doing. It, it's posting in all capitals like oh the the media is not trying to say that there's election fraud and blah 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 blah. it's just like yeah, it's there's so no basic. substance there's no, to it there's well, no like like specific reason why they just it's like, it'll say so... like other moderators and then it'll have a link to them yeah other people <laughs> that are on our team have said this is false it's partially like, well, false in huh? another post and i'm just like mm, not really yeah, and then just the the, the lack that. of substance in, in any of the stuff, it's just amazing because it's – and you'll you'll click on the link and it'll be like a post and like you said, it'll just be like some random – they'll even like just say that like, oh, the, the, the word and wasn't used in this post. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what, the, what are you <laughs> doing? Like this doesn't make sense. This is love Alan Duke. Funny is it's like on memes when they're clearly yes. just a joke. I, I wish you could just like p- at least put one comment. I like in all, ca- it's a fucking meme. I swear. So because those are the they things know, that but we they always... know memes are effective. That's the thing. So yeah, any, any sort of like slander in their eyes, you know, if you're making fun of Joe Biden, you know, they'll literally slap 
a fucking fact check. <laughs> I still think the, the funniest one that I've seen this week so far was the the COVID on the bicycle one. It was the guy riding the bike. Oh, yeah. Gets the vaccinated. Yeah, and then he puts his a stick in his own front tire, and it says gets mitocarditis and falls down, and then he's like on the ground. It's like gets, gets COVID, COVID anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that was the best one that I've seen so far this week. Um, in addition to all these things that we're talking about right now, which is stuff coming from either the outside or, or the other side of the narrative that is, you know, either not America first or not Trump era policy or not just in the best general, you know, good good looking out for. Americans and only caring about themselves and their bank account. I think another component that goes into all that was a lot of the bad stuff that happened, uh, you know, involving this whole Russiagate thing and in ju- just the four off years in office anyway, that Trump experienced from all the awful people on his own side of the aisle. If it wasn't just straight up rhinos, it was people who were lobbying pun intended for things behind the scenes, whether it was a job afterwards or, you know, yeah. st- committees or, or speakerships or, or things like that moving forward. Um, Joe Kent, who's been on and will be coming back with us on the 14th, uh, weighed in this weekend in, in one of his uh, forums, and I want to play a little bit of that. And why wasn't the Trump agenda when we had a mandate from the American people, when this populist underdog president was elected and he had a Republican controlled Congress and Senate, why did we still screw it up? At every single step of the way, it was betrayal, whether it was him being undermined by all of the uh, appointees that came in and weren't on board with the Trump agenda because they weren't properly vetted or whether it was Republicans stabbing him in the back uh, in the Congress and in the Senate. And then with the final betrayal, we saw all those hard fights. And then the final betrayal, what I think is made what's going to make this different is the impeachment vote where a line has been drawn. Like you either stood strong with President Trump or you didn't. And there's been the other critical uh, votes since then. There was the infrastructure vote Mm -hmm. uh, most recently. There was holding Steve Bannon in contempt. There's been all these different tests right now. And, And I think right now we are at an inflection point where it is an all-out war. It's not a competition of ideas like when when Buchanan was running and trying to primary Bush. Right now, I I think it's an all-out war, and we recognize that, and we're going to fight for it, and it'll be on us if we squander the moment. So I... Chris, what do you think about, uh, you know, some of those things like he mentioned, like test since the illegitimate Biden regime? Has, has occupied the the Oval Office, namely infrastructure or whether or not you voted on impeachment and aren't one of the people who are either retiring or switching parties or just not going to run again. Um, what, what do you think about those bad actors on, on, on the own side of the aisle that really hurt the America first agenda when Trump was in office? Well, I mean, I think that I think that he's he's right. And I imagine that you guys are in full agreement with that. I mean, I just look at that as obvious corruption and compromise. And I think that that has been the lay of the land in Washington, D.C. for a very long time. And it's easy to keep things that way. It's easy to make corruption and compromise work when you don't actually have to be held accountable by the people. And when you have an election apparatus the way we have it in the United States and the way a lot of other countries in the world have it, they're trying to put the same apparatus in Brazil right now. When you have that, these politicians don't have to fear the response from the people. So you can have these Republicans in office knowing that they won't get voted out of office because part of the deal is they stay in office. And, you know, we've seen down in uh, Georgia, there's a PR firm that actually goes out and finds Democrats 
who will run as Republicans. They will be sold to the voters as Republicans. And then the voters will go to their polling place and they will see D or R and they will mark down R. And we think, oh, great, a Republican has won. But if that Republican doesn't act like a Republican and more importantly, doesn't represent the desires of that person's constituents, then what we have is not someone in the party. And the goal is always to pretend that all of this stuff is bipartisan and it being bipartisan necessarily means that that's what the people want. That's just not true. I don't even think about stuff in terms of party anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can see the corruption in the compromise. There is no benefit for any of these Republicans making any of those votes unless there's something else going on. And it's sold to all of the child brains who are addicted to the central narrative. It's sold that these are the Republicans who are standing up for truth and being honest. And they're all basically the same as as the neocons like David Frum, who they don't have a loyalty. Their loyalty is to the globalist agenda and they will play whatever side they need to play and take whatever viewpoint they need to take to promote that agenda. And that's all, that's all I see happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, I think like you said, it's pretty crystal clear to be able to identify the fact that there's just no reason to be participating in votes like this uh, unless there's, you know, ulterior motives going on and, and and it's good that these people have been pointing them out you know and it's like even politicians who i think would do better like a joe kent sabatini you know people like that who are, are you know they they say the right things or doing the right things you never can tell until they get there i do have to admit though sometimes i don't know if you guys ever seen it on the weekend those guys will jump on twitter together it'll be like sabatini kent gosar uh matt gates they do like these things on Twitter where you like go into the room and listen to like everybody talk at the same time. They're dropping f bombs. They're talking shit about everybody. <laughs> I'm like, nice. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you know, I could kind of get behind like this. And you know, people screen record that shit and they put it all over. So, oh, listen to the way these guys are talking. I'm like, good. We need actual real people. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. see some asshole. Is that, that new Twitter function where like um kind of like how they do voice chats and things like that on, on Telegram? Because I've seen it. I yeah, don't really use Twitter. They do like a town hall. On, on Thanksgiving night, there was one, and they were all in there. It was like all That's the based so ones. And, and I, I thought I was going to, oh, you know, I'm just driving from, from here to the store to pick up a bag of ice. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Dude, I wound up listening to it for three hours. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm just I need like, to get up on that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, sometimes it'll just pop up and I'll see who's in it. And I'll be like, yeah, I kind of want to go in there. I know those people are talking shit, and it's probably going to be spicy. So, um. <laughs> Now, Chris, we kind of feel the same way about Joe Rogan, and you outlined it on one of your previous uh-huh. shows recently. You did the whole Joe mm-hmm. Rogan, Alex Jones, like uh, Ben Shapiro. Like, you know, th- there's always, to a point, they, they are what they are. They all represent something. But at the end of the day, like you said, they are what they are. Um, he he kind of weighed in on this Russiagate collusion thing in one of his shows this week. I thought it was kind of interesting to hear him kind of get into it a little bit because I think that's kind of outside of his wheelhouse. But Whenever he does something that like identifies to people that could probably grow his audience, they probably say, oh, right. man, just push it a little bit further, push it a little bit further. So I, I kind of want to hear him weigh in on this you know, topic that's essentially now like three years old. The between the media and the government is pretty apparent, especially the left-wing media and left-wing government. It's pretty fucking apparent that there's, there's some narratives that get shared back and forth, and they, they have talking points, and they don't talk about things they're not supposed to, like the Hunter Biden laptop story or anything. something that's actual news. Just crazy. gets com- crazy. P- c- crazy. Crazy. Crazy story. Because if that was the Donald Trump Jr. laptop, oh, holy oh, fucking oh, shit, yeah. would that lead every night? 
I mean, this whole Russia collusion story has turned out to be completely nonsense. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. That was three and a half years the American public was getting beat down with the Russia collusion thing. And it wasn't real. And it was it was created. Yeah. It was created yeah. by the Democratic Party. Maybe that's not the exact thing, but it was created by, the, by people that were insiders yeah. in the Democratic Party. Now, yeah. I mean, the, the occasional stoner or CBD oil user that might frequent Joe Rogan, um, you know, <laughs> hears something like that, and they're like, wait, what? Did Hold he on. just say, I'm going to have to rewind that. He said it was fake? It was not true? But well, I'm surprised they finally caught on. Fuck's sake. Everybody told me it was true, though. And, and, and unfortunately, I do have an extremely short clip of this. This, this unfortunately... And again, when you're tying in the legacy media, what can you expect as, you know, they're trying to refocus the shift back towards COVID, but it, it, it's so, it's so bad right now. You have the infrastructure, you have the supply chain stuff, you know, you, you have uh, Biden's health and both mentally and physically. Then you have like, they're trying to sneak COVID back into it, but they're like, oh, it's going to look really bad if we ruin the holidays. That's why they've kind of eased off on like firing federal employees and, and they're not going to revisit it now until late January, early February, because they were starting to get like feedback. And it's like, dude, you want to essentially f fire a, a third of the federal government at Christmas for COVID vaccines. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So they're like, Oh no, did we say Christmas? We went Valentine's day. <laughs> so now, now it's, it's gotten bumped back to that. This unfortunately was on Joe Doucheborough this morning, where they are still trying to tell the people who are trying to get dressed in the morning that the Russiagate was real and anyone who talks about it is an asshole. Oh, God. Democracy. So, David, in the words of Aristotle, anybody suggesting that this Russia thing was a hoax, they're just spreading horse shit. That's all they're doing. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is Hi. recent. That was this morning. He's still... Trying to say it was real. Yes. After saying, it was proven saying, to be false. Saying now that you're saying you just said it was false, you're horseshit. Yeah, then that's from on with him. He had a piece in the Atlantic today. Yes. Uh, trying to say that it's still all real. One of the same contributors that said Mike Lindell is trying to destroy America a couple months ago. And he had that like he contributed to that article where Mike Lindell's like the Godzilla over the Capitol with the pill in his hand. So he's actively trying to destroy the country with his election fraud <laughs> stuff. I'm just like, Oh God, these people are just the worst of the worst. Wow. Well, you got to understand. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Antonette. I was just going to say, I love how Trump called him a murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a solid move every time. He's like, yeah, that, that, someone should definitely look into what happened with that, that woman back in the day, because if it were me, if it were me, they'd still be investigating it. Yeah. Right. Um, what I was going to say, though, is you, like you kind of have to understand, though, that this is an existential crisis for these people. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they've been lying for decades. David David Frum sold the country the Iraq war. He was a speechwriter for for George W. Bush. You know, Joe Scarborough. I don't know what happened to him, but there's something that happened to him. Show me. And I mean, he is an absolute lunatic. Like he's at almost Oberman levels. Yeah. And what happens when these people are fully exposed at best, their career is over. You know what I mean? Like nobody trusts them already. Like when they are, when they are fully exposed as complete liars, like even all of these child brains that still watch this stuff are going to be so embarrassed. Right. You know what I mean? Like what they are doing to their audiences, what Rachel Maddow is oh, doing God. to her audience it is so immoral and so embarrassing. It actually makes me, pity all of these people who still watch that stuff yeah. because ultimately these people are going to need like some sort of some sort of like landing strip to come back to America on if they're able to do it. Otherwise, their brains are going to break. 
And that's, that is right. Well, it's going to happen one way or another, but like some of them really didn't mean to do this. You know what I mean? They've been taken down a path by these people they trust. And it's sad that they don't either have the attention or the discernment to notice when people are obviously lying to them. But I mean, at this point, I agree. It's like, if they, if you don't notice something is wrong or something is off at this point, I don't even know like what to tell these people. I don't know. well, yeah. I mean, and to go back to Rogan for a second, I mean, I love Rogan. Yeah. I used to be a huge Rogan fan. I think Rogan is probably a really decent, good guy. And yeah. I think he has a certain sort of intelligence and a very high yeah. level of that intelligence. Like he's able to understand all these stories and remember all these stories and know a ton of things about so many different subjects. But what is intelligence if it is not to be able to make good judgments in important situations? And right now we have almost two years of the COVID nonsense yep. and over a year of the election fraud nonsense. I look at those two issues and think these are the two most important crises that have ever happened in American history. And to still be so wrong about both of them is such a profound level of ignorance and stupidity that it's hard to take anyone seriously if they're still representing those viewpoints, you know, and I know he's come around a bit on the COVID stuff and he is waking some people up, but where is he on election fraud? How come he hasn't had Peter Navarro on? How come he hasn't had Seth Keschel on? These are not, these are not ultimately controversial figures. They're not Alex Jones. Do you think that he, it's a, there's the reason to being because of his like contract and with Spotify? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And with all these people. And I feel like he has had to cowtoe the line so much. But now after the whole COVID, you know, when he got COVID and took the monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, right. he finally felt it for himself, what it feels like to be us. And he's like, holy shit. Hell no. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that maybe gave him the leeway, like, you know, or made him be like, or realize even because yeah. He's not- stupid the guy knows you know well, you know like, fuck this shit i'm about to call these motherfuckers out so then that gives him you know more incentive to be like to pay attention to all the other things that you know they've been lying about you know and right. yep. kind of just say something finally because i feel right. like i mean he maybe he's waking up time. himself and the thing right. is you know rogan has all of these very smart people on right, right. like yeah. sam harris and uh eric weinstein and ben shapiro all of these people and all of them didn't believe in election fraud. Nope. And so they're, they're normal Rogan, smart people. They're like the ones sure, that and sure, sure, like sure. Never Trumpers too. a lot of these people. A hundred percent. He made and, Shapiro look kind of bad too. He made Sorry. Shapiro look kind of bad. Did he? I didn't see it. He, but... he was really hammering home with him. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, but, you know, this goes to one of my kind of overarching theories in my podcast. I talk a lot about the party of false decorum. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is that like we have all or not we of all, but a huge portion of our population and our peers have been trained to believe that the way you uh, advance in life, especially up like a, a, a social ladder, a ladder of social status, is by agreeing to always lie about a certain set of subjects, right? There are just a number of subjects that are verboten. And if you bring up any of them, you are putting your social status in certain groups at risk. And Rogan having all these very smart people on, you know, he doesn't want to look like the dumb and crazy guy with them in the room. And so they come on and explain how all these things are just impossible. And, you know, maybe he just shrugs and says, okay, I guess, you know, all the smart people I know don't believe it. 
But right. I have to think there's something with the Spotify thing, man. Oh, it has I to think, be. I think so too, for sure. I mean, I don't think you can't just end it. up with no one on talking about election fraud for this long. Yeah. And like, I, I guess that he broached the subject with Tim Pool last week a little bit. And like, they're both trying to slowly figure out what that might mean yeah, while they're, they're still they're, on YouTube. They're, like they're being so careful and like, exactly. you know, questioning a little bit like, well, you know, what's this? You know, even like when he would ask other people questions on the show that might be a little controversial, he'd be like, mm-hmm, yeah, you know, do you really think you know, he'd play dumb? He'd never right. really give his opinion on anything because he has to be very careful. And like you said, I totally think it must be the Spotify thing or his contract. But I, he's got fuck you money now. So I really don't think it's that bad. I think he could talk more about certain things like election fraud. I, I mean, I don't think he can do it like this forever either. Like, well, I think yeah. a lot of people's people reaction, a lot of people's reaction to this stuff, it goes back to like, you know, if, if your team's winning, why would you, why would you go against it? And the, mm. the COVID thing actually hit him because they he turned is, him into is, like a national, he's like a health person and yeah. he, yeah. you know, did all this stuff that he thought was right. And it worked. And they still slandered him for it. So he yeah, he, he it turned it around because why. he took it personally. But granted, he moved to Texas and he's been on the he's been on board with like, yeah, you know, if, if you live in Texas, you kind of have to vote like you're in Texas, not like you're in California anymore. Right. You know, oh, that kind of stuff. But ultimately, yeah, he's in yeah, Texas. He's in Texas now. But ultimately, oh. he I mean, the the effect was, you know, his 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 guy won. Yeah. Because, you know, he may not be a never-Trumper, but he's definitely been very vocal about him being dangerous and yada, 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 the whole, the whole you know, the script. But I, I think, but the, the most dangerous thing about Trump is what supporting Trump says about your own reputation. Yes. And I think that that's exactly. where he is, man. Like, there is nothing else dangerous about supporting Donald Trump. You mm-hmm. either believe the media narrative or you don't. Mm-hmm. And if you don't and you can't defend your position against a bunch of people who don't know anything and right. don't care about the country and aren't attached to any of this stuff, like these people haven't had their lives affected in a real way by any of this. No, stuff. not if at all. If they had, they would wake up. And that's what happened to Rogan. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And it was good. I mean, he really did beat Sanjay Gupta's ass up when he had him. Oh my yeah, God, that, that was, that that was, that was so good. He would not let up. That was just really good. I mean, they did, they did go right back to CNN the next day and make fun of him. And yes. take a lot of part, it took take a lot of parts of that uh, show. They they cut it up very nicely to take it out of context. The right. way the way it actually was was not that way. I mean, no. he, he beat him into a corner, and then he had him flinching like he was going to continue to beat him if he didn't just stop. He's already dead. Yeah, openly admit. <laughs> like, listen, this is this is not true. You guys lied. Why did you lie? And that was the whole big net. And why did you turn me into like a national joke? Yeah. Why did you make me gray? Yeah. <laughs> why did you put Man. a green a green tint on me? That's just that's just disingenuous. <laughs> all you have to do, though, all any of these people have to do is just stand up. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool. Like, mm-hmm. he got accused of all this stuff. And like, I'm not. I don't know Dave Portnoy. I'm not speaking to his gentlemanly qualities. We've all probably made some mistakes in our lives in relationships. But the important thing was that he didn't let them cancel him and beat him down. Nope. He came out guns blazing. Yeah. And he took the situation head on. Tried to be honest, and he said, "Chip, let the chips fall where they may." If everyone just did that all the time and stopped allowing themselves to be shamed and bullied by these people. 
Right. Man, we would be in a different world and everybody would be a hell of a lot happier. I'll tell you that. Yep. There's so much shame and so much like pent up that, you know, I don't know, that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like everybody is constantly being forced to lie about who they are, to silence their opinions. And it's all because of the party of false decorum stuff. Like I have never felt more free than when I realized that a good 50% plus of friends that I had known for five years, 10 years, 15 years would just straight up betray me for telling the truth. Yeesh. Like it's, it's a shock to the system and oh, you yeah. feel a little bit bad and a little bit lonely and you feel that betrayal. But after that, you're like, wow, these people, so I, yeah, hundred percent. These people would have turned me into the Gestapo. If it had come to that, they mm. would have absolutely done that to save their own carefully curated self-image. And when you realize that, man, you are just, you're just totally unchained. Like, I don't feel bad about any of the things I say. Nope. And I don't worry about them either. Nope. Cause if anybody calls me out on them, I'm like, okay, well let's have a conversation about it. And I'm willing to have that conversation. I'm not going to run from it. They won't. They, and they can't. Of course not. It's yeah. hilarious. I dealt with it in 2015. And when I heard Trump was running something in me, I was like, this fucking guy is going to win. I know it. And I hated Clinton. <laughs> and when the WikiLeaks happened, everybody thought I was nuts. Everyone in Hollywood canceled me that I thought were my friends. I would have told you you were nuts too. I know. No, hundred percent. A lot of people. And I was really surprised at the time that I even had like that. I even went with it. I was like, you know what? I don't give a shit. And after Good that, anyone, I was screaming in, in my Hollywood apartment, go Trump, go Trump. I'm around all liberals. My neighbors <laughs> hated my guts after that. I was like, you know what? I don't give a <laughs> shit. And then after that, man, you know, a lot of them got quiet when they realized. And your life it. probably got better. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. much better. So I much left better. LA and I, I would never go back. I was just like, you know what? I feel great. Look I'm at you now. You're, you're slumming on the Steak for Breakfast podcast with me and Noah. <laughs> <every week. laughs> so, Love right. it. Let's uh, let's switch gears now, getting get kind of away from that topic and into something else that kind of started yesterday, which may in turn turn into another two or three year investigation. It's the start of the Glenn Maxwell, whatever you want to call it. Glenn? Ghislaine. <laughs> Regardless of what. Ghislaine. Yeah. So kind of weird narrative. I mean, everybody knows it's probably one of the deepest, darkest and grossest things running right now. Um, will we ever know all of the truth? Absolutely not. Is there a reason why the media 100% isn't being allowed in to take pictures or video or audio or anything? Of course. I'm surprised there's audio available to the public. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where will we ever get to the bottom of who's really there and behind it and did all these awful things? And probably still to this day in this larger spider web of criminal grossness continue to do this stuff. I don't think so either. Uh, Chris, what do you think about the whole, is this going to be a show trial? Or are, we, are we really going to see where some of the bodies might be buried both figuratively and literally, or do you think this is going to be a lot of, uh, you know, ups and downs to kind of, take the public's eye off of things that are really going on. And at the end of the day, she's going to get like middle of the road sentence and we'll forget about her because she's old and relatively worthless at this point. Anyway, so she'll hang herself in jail. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, I mean, listen, I think all those things are possible, but you know, I, I ultimately don't know. And one of the things that was always really interesting to me is, you know, being in Hollywood and mm -hmm. being in, you know, that high level celebrity community for such a long time, you know, People ask me and they expect that I would have seen stuff yeah. like that or seen indications of that stuff. Or they'll ask me, like, do you know Hollywood Satanists? And I'm like, 
I mean, I <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I've never seen them do you, Satanism. You don't? Uh, but, but let me tell you, let me tell you this story. And I think that this is like what the piece that people are missing when they talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, because the actual claims that some people make are just so broad and so unbelievable in a sense that a lot of people just reject it in full. And I think that's wrong. I don't know what any of them have done, but I know how it's possible for it to have happened. Yeah. And, and it's like this. And someone asked me this last year at some point, cause they were asking like, Hey, how could these people be on that list? And is there any way this is true? And I said, listen, you know, I've been on some, uh, some pretty extravagant trips with celebrities that are sponsored by other people. And you don't really think too much about that because you get invited on something and your buddy says, Hey man, uh, I'm getting flown down to like this Island and it's going to be totally first rate. Like they said, we're going to have a chef 24 hours a day. Like there's going to be people there. They're going to have this party for this and that. Like, it's going to be so fun. Just like we meet at Van Nuys and then we're out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Okay, that sounds good, right? We could totally end up going down on one of those trips. You land, you go to the room, you get changed, you put on your nice beach clothes, you come down for some magnificent dinner, everybody has some drinks, there's maybe some drugs around, and you're hanging out on the patio, having a cigarette later, everything's totally normal. And then one of the guys at the house is like, hey, have you guys guys seen the rest of the house? And you're like, "Uh, no. And they're like, "Well, well, do you want a tour? And they walk you into some room where some crazy shit has happened. And it's like, smile, you're on candid camera. And now you have two choices. Do you go back home and tell people what it is you saw, even though they've told you that you are absolutely fucked if you ever tell anybody? Right. Or do they let you star in their next big movie or release your record to acclaim and give you millions of dollars in a beautiful house and all this other stuff? except now you live under the under their thumb for the rest of your life. And, you know, man, with how desperate people there are for fame and success and how thoroughly that gets ingrained in the Hollywood mindset, there are not a lot of people there with the fortitude to say no. And so it is entirely possible that all of these people have been compromised by something they may have walked themselves into innocently in the first place. And so, you know, I think that that's kind of a midpoint um, in what people ultimately like believe, which is the worst of things. And by the way, I'm not saying those things don't happen. I have no way of knowing that. And I do know that people are very sick and people are very happy to cover up other people's sickness there. So I don't deny that any of it happens, but I have long thought about a way that it could happen. Right. And I think that this is like the sort of thing that could happen. Yeah, the people get tested in in the industry. And I know I know that I have, you know, I've been, you know, around those people and and I could I could always tell because when I got into Hollywood, I had that mindset. Like I'm walking into the lion's den. I come from a very sure. conservative, you know, Catholic Albanian family. And I'm like, I need to watch where I go, how I network with. I'm always I always thought I might be put in a position where they I might be compromised. I might not be able to get myself out because yeah. you know, I'm a female. But 
I haven't seen like, you know, people are like, well, you were in Hollywood. Did you see this? Did you see people drinking adrenochrome? And did you see people eating babies? I'm like, no, yeah. dude, they're not just yeah. fucking showing <laughs> that shit. They're yeah. not going to put that on a platter. They're going to test you over a period of time. And yeah, there's not like a baby taco card on the edge of the freaking yeah. soundstage. Right. Like, director, hey, you guys want some At least uh, as far fetus? as we know. Hey, can some, yeah, can right, exactly. Can somebody but top people, off my like, baby's <laughs> blood? Yeah, my baby's blood's <laughs> running low. It exists for sure. I I don't doubt it, but it's like at the upper, upper echelon, yeah. like that a lot of the people that you would think even like, you know, A-listers in Hollywood are not, you know, a lot of them have had to do compromising things. You know, guys have that are straight have had to do gay shit with, mm. the, you know, the gay producers and things like that. But it's not always what people think, hey, you know, stop it. <laughs> well, who these people are is up for speculation right now. There's, yeah, a, there's, I mean, there's been a lot of teasing and there's been. You know, documents supposedly leaked online that show them that everyone from the chief justice of the Supreme Court all the way down to maybe not necessarily A-list, but Hollywood actors and stuff like that, definite prominent politicians over the years. And it's all up for speculation on whether or not any of those lists are actually real or if we'll see them moving forward. However, uh, One American News' Caitlin Sinclair yesterday teased that the flight logs would be admitted to court and used as evidence in this trial. Let's hear briefly what she said when she touched on it outside of the uh, courtroom yesterday. A lot of sketchiness going on. No now, something I want to mention, we, we did hear that those flight logs will apparently uh, be used in the courtroom. Those Ooh. flight logs with Epstein's private planes. So apparently we will get to hear uh, who was on those logs confirming name the victims on it. that were... Yeah. With Bill Clinton's name on it. That's mm -hmm. right. Now, Dead that ball. was uh, yeah. something at the be beginning of today that we were not sure we were going to hear. But I can tell you, I just ran outside of that courtroom to come talk to you. Uh, and the last thing I did here as I was leaving is we are expected to uh, get those flight logs. Okay. It'll be interesting to see if we get those and whether or not at least partial, you know, any of them will be leaked and made public. What if they're just like redacted well, and they're like all black? Just like I think there's actually been some reporting on that today already. There was something, I think, on Disclose or something else that had uh, Bill Clinton, mm -hmm. Donald Trump, John Glenn, and Prince Andrew on it. Mm, yeah, nice. I, heard, I heard that. And then the 2,000-plus uh, FAA, I believe, that were leaked, but with no names on there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was accidentally leaked. Yeah, accidentally leaked. <laughs> My ass. Wait, you, you said don't send it? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said send. My bad. I'm just an intern. You know who's not an intern and who has been a career creepy person is Geraldo Rivera. He is so oh creepy. Oh my God. What the hell is he doing to himself right now? Well, like he's he's just like He's already done plenty to himself. But to hear him go on the legacy media over the last 24 to 48 hours and literally stand up for one of the most disgusting people on the planet... It, it was just mine. I, I heard and saw some posts, but I didn't. I was like, I have to get the full video. So I went and, and pulled it. And I mean, you guys, you'd be interesting to hear it. Like, it's Geraldo. It's not some random person. To one of these charges of, of disorderly conduct. Six disorderly conduct for filing false police reports. I think that he will, faced with an insurmountable case, will plead guilty. I am outraged by the Maxwell case. You talked about Daryl Brooks. The, uh, the creep who ran over his girlfriend then killed six people in the, in the parade, and he was out of $1,000 bail. Jelaine Maxwell has been in jail for 17 months for no bail. They give her no bail. Mm -hmm. She is sitting in prison yes. prior to trial 
accused, get this, of events that happened between 1994 and 1994. She's a flight risk. She offered to put up a $28.5 million bond. She's going to escape to a this country that has no extradition. So you, 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 you take her, I you throw nobody her expected him to say this. No. Me to educate to you on solitary the confinement. Bail law. You know, 17 uh, wait, months. You're defending a, 17 a months. sex trafficker. I am defending justice. Sex trafficker. This, the prosecutor in this case <laughs> are guilty of political lawyering. She deserves to sit in jail. Because you don't even know she's guilty. How do you know? Because she's a flight risk because she was hiding during yeah. COVID. She was not hiding. In the she Northeast. Was. She bought a house. Oh, yes, in New she Hampshire. was. A million dollar house. They, they Let holding me educate her you because really they don't quickly. have a case. Let me see. They have no oh, case. This is the segment right I'm running. They're trying here's, not to try Jeffrey here's federal. Here's the federal bail law. You're allowed in 1984, Congress passed federal bail law. You're allowed to deny bail on two grounds flight risk and danger to the community. Where is Julian Maxwell? Gonna hide. Oh, where is she going to hide? Scissor me, Tambor. She's been nobody living knows right the money here. Is. No, she this is not. ridiculous. Way to stand Injustice. up for a sex trafficker. Mob justice. One more thing. Uh, let's cut to a commercial. <laughs> Dude, it was one of those things, too, when he, like, oh my God, they, they wow. were talking about something completely out. You know, the clip is like six minutes long, and I was listening. They were talking about some other stupid shit. And then I, it was just like, you know, last week we had that whole segment on the uh, George Soros-funded, democratically-ran cities and how they're continuing to crumble based off the sole fact of, well, that equation that I just said. It's too bad that they were talking over themselves so much because if you could, like, clip that and just insert Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, it would be <laughs> hilarious. But, but, like, Jesse Waters looked over at Deegan. She's like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, like, when he started saying, and then the Ghislaine Maxwell, and then they, like, they all kind of, like, looked at him, and then, like, he started, this is absolutely ridiculous what they're doing to her, and he, like, like looked at her, and she's like, she put up her hands like, I don't know what he's doing. And he just fucking went for it. I was like, good God. He must be scared of something, and he must be trying to send a message. Somebody's, uh, somebody's honestly, got VH tapes, VH tapes with him yeah, on it. I'm and then sure. what? She's not a flight risk? The, the fucking bitch knows how to man a submarine. She can't hide. She can hide under the wall. Yeah, she's like the citizen <laughs> of, an, of the ocean. Under the sea. Exactly. I don't want to compare uh, Geraldo to Hitler, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that he has the potential to ruin a certain mustache style forever. Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> excellent, excellent comparison. Um, and, and it's one of those things, you know, on the show, we, we kind of do the news with commentary. We try to stick within the bounds of the news and things that are affecting it and how it's affecting everyone. We, we really don't weigh in on these court cases. I think this is a biggie kind of just want to tease into it, but we're, we're not going to do like the weekly segment on it, regardless of how spicy it gets into, because here's the thing. It's all just speculation until you get an actual disposition. It was like the Rittenhouse thing. I would have hated for, you know, a month and a half to go and, and, and commentate on this. And then in my gut, I still felt like there was a huge part of me that, that thought he was going to be convicted on all charges. And, and, it's not crazy to say that because of stuff that's happened, you know, in the news and in, and with the justice system as of late, it's really hard to kind of even really weigh in. So, you know, my whole opinion on this is, is that it's gross. And so is she, she's a disgusting person and the things that they did are actually awful. And I hope she like literally and physically burns for, for what she did to whether it be kids or, or young actors coming up and how she may have compromised people in, in governments all over the world. And I think that's a huge component of it. People always make it about, like, the victims. Well, how many of these victims have they been able to compromise and sway politics for three, four decades? Like, I don't yeah. even think people take it and think that deep into it. But 
the people who are the victims of this are, are victims by people who I think are at the end of the day going to blow people's minds. Well, let me give you a quick update. So the first victim to testify just stated that she was abused by Epstein with Maxwell present in the room. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so Asa Comey, Comey's daughter, Held mm -hmm. when you uh, first had sexual contact with Jeffrey Epstein, she, Jane, 14, Asa, who was in the room? Jane, Ghislaine Maxwell. Asa, do you see her here? Yes, they're in a sort of beige turtleneck. She has identified the defendant. Mm. So let's see. Mm. It's not looking it's just kind time. of a weird, you know, like, hey, I'm going to molest this kid, but you want to watch? Yeah. And she's like, Absolutely. Let yeah, me, let, fuck let, yes. Let me just hold on. Let me let me get my baby gyro and some baby's blood I to was drink. Say by, by adrenochrome colada. <laughs> well, I I think one of the really sick things about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is that you know the role she seems to have played in that situation is finding the girls and then giving them a sense of of comfort as if she's like their big sister. Mm -hmm. And so for her to be in the room there, that's like telling the girl, go ahead. It's okay. I'm your big sister. I've got your back. Don't worry. Nothing bad's going to happen to yeah. you. I'll make sure it doesn't go too far. Yeah. Or to yeah. control the situation. Cause I, um, yeah. what that's I've sick. read before too. Yeah. She would groom them, mm -hmm. but also sexually groom them. Mm. And she would do that too. Thing, yeah. Sexual things with these young girls herself, which is disgusting. Was that in the Virginia, uh, Joffrey complaint? I think that was one of those. It's been out for a few years yeah. that I remember reading. Yeah, I believe it was uh, Virginia yep. who said something of in that nature. Yeah, hopefully if if things like the presidential election and COVID and haven't been enough to wake up, you know, more people than ever before. I really do feel like this might be the parlay of the whole deal. That's going to really just kind of maybe rope everything together. Well, it's creeping yeah. into the actual mainstream media a lot more than. Yeah, well, yeah, and this is not like a left versus right thing. This is like a, a thing that unites everyone. Right versus know. wrong. And that unscripted yeah, meltdown on, on Fox News last night was literally the only place it was played in the legacy media. Yeah. Like yeah. besides OAN, I think Newsmax might have, like Rob Schmidt, I think, touched on it briefly. Wait, you mean CNN's not running with this? Zero. Weird. Nothing. Nothing. One of the largest trials in probably the history uh, of the country in regards to that narrative and probably well, the overall they're narrative. Still, they're still talking about Rittenhouse and... Well, no. How dare you forget January 6th? Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> that was the... Yeah. So. <laughs> oh. mm. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to see moving forward. We will definitely be tracking it if there's any, you know, I don't want to call them juicy updates, but just updates in general. We can uh, definitely give you guys an update on that. Well, round in third now and heading home. Seems kind of short, but we do have a large, bigly, huge COVID segment to do today. Noah's favorite. Uh, Seems like that's going to be uh, the lump of coal we're all going to be getting in our Christmas stockings. A unless new, you're boosted? A new variant. Oh. I thought you meant we're allowed to celebrate if you're boosted. The Unicron variant? Omicron, moronic. Oh, Unicron was the bad guy from Transformers. Mm -hmm. Same difference. I don't, I don't remember that. We're old. Well, we did hear late last week that there's been a new variant discovered. Oh, no. Unequivocally false. Can you tell how scared I am? Last time I checked. No, have they isolated <laughs> the virus? Isolated it like... To be able to uh, identify... Like locked in its home for yeah. 14 days to slow the spread? Locked in a level three... <laughs> 
virology lab in Wuhan, China. No, they haven't. So hmm, weird. How they keep making these things up and 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 why is just kind of like the f- control tactic of well, the and week. then it goes against like they're like this is going to be the worst of all the worst. It's like every single variation of the original virus is going to be less. That's how that works, right? I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> I think that that's how it works, except in instances of a mutation due to a leaky vaccine, if I'm understanding it properly. Well, well, I mean, you yes. Don't vaccinate during a pandemic. That's yeah. what creates new variants, basically. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned it because where it came from, apparently South Africa, the researcher who was apparently working on it took to social media and did a live last week kind of describing its non-threatening levels. Let's Let's hear what she had to say. Before it spiraled into what it's at right now. Is there a fact check on that one? Looking at the mildness of the symptoms that we are seeing, currently there's no reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients. Mm, Sounds good. I also checked with the hospital, some of the hospitals in my area. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest hospitals, they only have one patient currently that's COVID positive on a ventilator. And they don't even know whether it's COVID, uh, you know, it's Delta or whether it is um, Omicron related. Mm. We acknowledge that it might change going forward. But the hype that's been created currently out there in the media and worldwide doesn't correlate with the clinical picture. Um, And it doesn't warrant to just cut us off from any traveling and ban South Africa as if we are the villains in the whole process. It should not be like that. Mm. Sound a little salty. So salty. And uh, what'd you say, Antoinette? Well, well, well. Yeah, imagine that. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, too. Remember, Africa as a, as a continent has been extremely reluctant to get vaccinated, where I believe just a shade over 5% of the overall population has received what they would consider, whether it's two shots and a booster or just two shots in general, but to be fully vaccinated. What are the percentage of political figures that have been assassinated? I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the one that tested like papaya yeah. and like Someone these t- like random objects Kiwi and they all came back Coca- positive? Coca- they did in one country, they did like Coca-Cola in parliament on a Petri dish and it, it popped yeah. positive for goats. For goat- <laughs> and goats. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Africa is essentially the Florida of continents. They've stayed pretty much open. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are extremely low vaccinated, and uh, they don't care. So the only way to punish them is is to create the worst variant there, uh, using imagination only, and then do have all of these world leaders all of a sudden wanting to donate millions of vaccines to the country, um, depending on how ignorant they are to it. We'll see if if this ploy works to continue to get them. Uh, you know, uh, under the mark. You, you want to know what's interesting? Side note real quick before we jump into your favorite bad actor, Anthony Fauci. Um, I, I was looking at some website the other day that had, like, demographics of all the states and stuff. You know, California's only, like, 52% vaccinated. Doesn't surprise I, me. Yeah, I you, think you, it's you, you would, I, well, I, I think it's overwhelmingly less, too, but you, you would say, the way they talk, it's like we're, we're 99.97% vaccinated. That's the way they make it yeah. seem. Well, everybody on their team is 99.97% vaccinated. I bet that's not even true, to be honest. No, no. The number the number of actors who are using fake cards to, to keep their jobs is astronomical. Yeah. Like yeah. it is all one big lie and they all know it, but they don't care 
about lying to everyone else. They're like in their little circles, they know that they're not doing it, but as long as they repeat the slogans to everyone else, that's fine. Yeah, because they, they figure they don't have to affect themselves. They have such a big audience that they are, they can influence other people. So they get they get a pass. Yeah. And that's the one thing I don't like, like influencing other, like the ones that get the fake, fake uh, cards that don't get the vaccine, but they're influencing the others. The ones that don't say anything, get the fake uh, fake cards, you know, OK, fine. Do your thing because you don't want to be chastised. You don't you want to be left alone. Fine. But yeah, that's the one one thing that kind of pisses me off. But. Well, the way I look at it is if you're against it, you've been vocal about not getting it. Mm-hmm. You've been a proponent of the dangers of it and all the details that we always go into. Right. I feel like if you fake it, it just basically just makes it look like you folded. Because the narrative continues. And the narrative continues and you've actually devalued... Yeah other people's stances and at the worst, like if people don't know about how vocal you are against it and how much you have been a proponent of all the dangers and all the other stuff, if you fake it, you're just making it seem more disheartening for the people who are trying to stand up for it because they're going to be like, well, everybody else, you know, it's just like the, the disingenuous numbers of, 95% 95% of the federal workforce is compliant. 100% that doesn't mean false. That doesn't mean that 95% of the federal workforce is vaccinated. Right. That just means that they've put in exemptions, they've done all the other steps, medical, religious, whatever. It's just a shitty way to skew the numbers to demoralize and just push people into doing what you want them to do. And yeah. it's trash. Big trash. Um, you know who else is big trash? <sighs> Dr. Fauci. Fucking Fauci. He talks about, he did he did the uh, Sunday morning news show cycle and circuit. He has been getting just worse, though. Like, just the, just. Well, by, by, by the end of this, you're going to see just how bad it really is. Um, he did talk about Omicron and, uh, you know, some of the successes and most failures over the last 18 months. Let's hear how he kind of started the weekend. We certainly are not going to eradicate it. We've only eradicated one virus in that smallpox. Elimination means there's none of it in the country like we have now with polio and with measles. I don't think we're going to be there with this. But what I do think we will be able to do is get a level of control that's low enough that it doesn't interfere with our function. It doesn't have a major impact on society and what we do. It's not going to go away. The lower we get it, the better off we'll be. And you get it that low when you get the overwhelming majority of the population vaccinated and boosted. So like I've said multiple times, Chuck, it's in with our own grasp of how we're going to be able to live with the virus. The lower we get it, the lower the dynamics of virus in the community, the lower the risk to everyone. And Chuck Chuck Todd was just loving that up right there. (laughs) Did you say boosters? Yes, please. Yes, give it to me. Yeah, so, you know... Boost me harder, Daddy Fauci. A lot of the same narrative as he kind of led into the Omicron scariness just in time for the holidays. Um, But definitely not where you think this is going uh, when when you see him jump on with uh, this week on ABC. Listen to this one with Stephanopoulos. States yet. No, we have not, George, and we have a pretty good surveillance system but as we all know, when you have a virus system. that has already gone to multiple countries, 
inevitably it will be here. The question is, will we be prepared for it? And the pre preparation that we have ongoing for what? what we're doing now with the Delta variant just needs to be revved up. And that's the bottom line of that is the preparation by getting more and more people vaccinated and getting the fully vaccinated boosted. Mm. That's what we could be doing. But we are on the lookout for this. The CDC has a good surveillance system. So if and when, and it's going to be when it comes here, hopefully we will be ready for it by enhancing our capabilities via the vaccine, masking, all the things that we do and should be doing. So, okay, we're still... <laughs> What's the CDC's, uh, what is it, the system they said? Is it Alexa? <laughs> surveillance system. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're looking into your iPhone right now. Wave to Dr. Fauci. Hi, Fauci. Yeah, exactly. Hi, Dr. Fauci. So, again, b- building that narrative, you hear a lot of the same. New variant, scary, only way to stop it, shots, boosters. Could we see lockdowns? Why not? Yeah, you know. Are we going to wait for the holidays to be over, though? Who to, knows? To fire we expect order? to be seeing more lockdowns again, new lockdowns, more mandates. You know, I don't know, George. It's really too early to say. We just really need to, is it, is it really? as I've said so often, prepare for the worst. Oh. Do we expect to be... There, there he is reliving some of the Steve Bannon War Room intro right there. Mm. Um, and again, building his narrative more of the same. He's been out of the cycle for a while, besides Dan Rather and a couple podcasts. Uh, you know, he really hasn't done a lot because... People were kind of pushing back. We're getting into the holiday seasons. The administration knows right now what their completely god-awful poll numbers and popularity numbers that pushing more lockdowns and and mandated jabs when people are going to get ready to travel and, you know, this, that, and the other thing heading into the holiday season just doesn't look good. Now, Chris, why don't you help us break down this whole narrative right now kind of to where we're at? You know, we talked with Zuby right before you came on, and I think one of the last questions we asked him was him him being from the UK and us all here in the United States. You know, it's two of the most resilient nations ever. Uh, obviously, the last couple of generations of I would call them kids still are are way different than they were built just from when I was little in the '80s, and and, and generations before that. Let's say like the, you know the '40s and the '50s, the one that that went off and fought and won in world wars. Um, about being able to bounce back as a nation and, and he bounced back better. Stop it. <laughs> he thought that eventually it would, but he still felt like there was probably some more bad forward, you mm-hmm. know, b- beforehand. What do you think about the whole, you know, where we're at right now with this narrative? Listen, man, people think that I'm way too optimistic and uh, maybe I am, I guess, but uh, ultimately like once people figure out, what has been done to them intentionally, the backlash is going to take care of the rest of the problems. That is what I firmly believe. You know, people are waking up to who and what Anthony Fauci is. This guy has not been right about one single thing the entire time. He has literally told us to do the opposite of the right thing every single time. And now he is re- visiting every one of those pieces of advice again lockdowns don't work lockdowns pushed hundreds of millions of people in this world into extreme poverty that will take generations to get them out of yeah okay masks don't work there is no randomized controlled trial in the world that says masks do work there is one that says they have somewhere between like zero and 18 percent effectiveness but that that test is bullshit too There's never been another one that says cloth masks can prevent viral spread. 
you know, maybe N95s can prevent a tiny bit of it, but people don't wear them correctly. Wait, they reuse my them. Over my head you can watch work? people. Yeah, 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 exactly. The same thing. Like people wear these N95s to go running in the park. Yeah. Like people that, are morons. It's horrible for you. Like they don't work. There is no proof anywhere that they worked. And even besides like the clinical environment and the study environment, look around the world. Has masking changed the curve anywhere? The answer is no. Neither have lockdowns, neither have the vaccines. They said the vaccines would prevent infection. They don't. They said it would print, prevent transmission. They don't. They said it would prevent serious illness. They don't. They said it would prevent death. They don't. Mm-mm. They said the vaccines would give us herd immunity. But if you can't prevent infection, transmission, illness, and death, then what is herd immunity? Right. right. There is nothing that the vaccines do except give them profit. If we are to believe that there is any positive benefit of the vaccine in creating antibodies that make you more resistant to COVID for a brief period of time. I don't think that proof is out there and none of it justifies any of the other policies. No, not at all. There is one thing they said that was hundred percent true is when somebody died of COVID, if they weren't vaccinated, it could have been worse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> man i mean that technically was one that's of true. the greatest headlines ever didn't one of his emails basically to someone else state that she didn't i think it was a she that she didn't have to wear a mask because it doesn't work oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but so, he came out and said that on 60 minutes to the american public yeah, too, on like february 29th exactly like two weeks before lockdowns he was still saying that yeah and then it went up to two and now i guess it's one again because even though Two provides a a better layer of protection. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe the virus isn't as dangerous now. <laughs> I mean, all of it is nonsense. It sure all is. Well, and anybody anybody that knows anything about, like, I mean, you're taking like a CPR class. You're taking off the gloves. They tell you, you know, put your finger inside the glove, turn it inside out, use the outside of that glove to touch the inside of the other glove, so you're not cross contaminating. Anybody has infectious disease, bloodborne pathogen training. Like, I've always wanted to do a video where you have, like, a mask and a little tub of pudding. And you put your finger in the pudding, and this is COVID. And then you touch the mask. And just go throughout your day. And just go go on about your day with pudding all over your face. It's like, it's the same thing. Like, if this was so dangerous and such a huge thing, there would be hazmat containers on every corner. Filled with bodies. Exactly. Filled with, yeah. no, no, and, not with bodies. Filled with lining up, masks. dead on the street, piling up, you yeah. know. All these and there are also in the children ocean. in Germany and a few other European countries where the children died from wearing the masks yeah. because they were forced to wear them hours a day at school and play sports. Wait, people died it, from that? Where? Yeah. Well, there's one, I remember um, in Germany, this uh, this virologist, this, this doctor who knows his shit was just like begging people, please wake up. Mm-hmm. These kids are dying from wearing the mask. The mask doesn't work, you know, to the parents, like begging the parents, wake up. You're hurting your children. This is abuse. Mm. Very sad. In addition to what it's up to like 120 coaches and athletes worldwide. Yeah. Who have, oh yeah, man. That's insane. Oh, those montages of watching those guys just fall over on yeah. the field and it's just like, everybody's like, no, everything's fine. The peak of physical fitness and that means the, it's working in the prime of age, just dropping dead on the fields left and right. Completely normal. And here I, I am. saw it happen live. And um, I was watching a soccer match with my husband, uh, maybe like six, seven months ago. The guy literally 
it was like he was totally fine and he was like walking like running wanting like to go kick at the ball and boom he just dropped like a sack of rocks and you could see the camera on his face you could tell well my intuition told me it was his heart like just stopped because they were all talking about how they were no, um, but he was in the hospital. I haven't followed up actually, but he was in really, really bad shape. I mean, I was going to say in soccer, people falling down and having their faces in excruciating pain is not really an uncommon oh, thing. No, his that's eyes were rolling in the back of his head and that's they were doing CR until they got like the um, the EMTs on on the green. It was scary. Yeah, you get I the AEDs like, out, then I believe it maybe. Mm, nice. <laughs> you, know, you know what else Dr. Fauci doesn't believe? is that Ted Cruz and Rand Paul won't stop bullying him. <laughs> and, and when he was on Face the Nation this week... Well, that's, that, a good, that's a good tag word to get people, you know, because, I mean, no, you, you can't like bullying. Well, well, here's the thing. Even in regards to Trump, overall, Lee Fauci has stayed away from politics in general. Like, he would say, like, oh, I can't believe the president would be saying those things. Or, like, when he said, free Michigan, I don't understand why he's... But he wouldn't go out and absolutely rail on him because here's the thing that he knows as the highest paid federal employee who's been working in his job for over 40 years, that every two and four years, his bosses change. So if he goes out and absolutely just nuke, like those things will come in his memoirs where he just talks shit about Trump and, and everybody else who, who he's, who he's going to lie about in his book. But he's not going to go on record like absolutely just nuking them because he knows like even in the midterms, uh, and a, a super majority in Congress. Daddy and, might be back. Yeah, and, and a red wave in the House means that he could literally be going to jail for this. It, oh, yeah. So if and, and that's just the fact of the matter. But he did get a little political. I was surprised by it at first when, when, he, when he started talking about it. But then, you know, it goes back into like the whole they only have a few things that they can rely on because everything else that they've touched since January 20th, they've burnt to the ground. Mm. Um, listen to this one. Tell me what you think of this one, Noah. Why do you feel so strongly uh, about that, about staying on the job when you become, I mean, you were personally, not just rhetorically, threatened your security, your safety, your family. Yeah. How did you deal with that? I dealt with it by focusing on what my job is. Hmm. From the time that I went into medicine to the right now where I am at my age, my job has been totally focused on doing what I can to kill people with the talents and the influence I have to make scientific advances to protect the health of the American public. So anybody who spends lies and threatens and all that theater that goes on with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense, Mm. that's noise, Margaret. That's noise. I know what my job is. Senator Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Signal not noise? Yeah. I have to laugh at that. <laughs> what a I should shit be prosecuted. Ass. What happened on January 6th, Senator? Wow. Do oh, you think my God. That this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President Trump. Of course. Speaking of deflection. You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Mm. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I yeah, mean, that's okay. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives, and they're going to be lying. It seems you? another layer of danger to play politics around matters of life and death. You just exactly. said what about January 6th? Exactly. And to me, that's, that's unbelievably bad because all I want to do is save people's lives. I mean, <laughs> a funny way of showing it. Carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science 
flavor to this. So if they get up and flavor. criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. Whoa. That's dangerous. To that me, dangerous. that's more dangerous than the slings and the arrows that get thrown at me. And if you damage science, you are doing something very detrimental to society long after I leave. Mm. What a shithead. How many beagles do you think he just went and stepped on their necks as soon as he got out of that interview? Well, he was choking a beagle under the chair. I could see him. He was, oh, God. What a piece of shit. What about January 6th, Noah? What about January 6th? <laughs> I am science. He's a fucking sociopath. He seriously <laughs> is. Like, he's a Nazi doctor. Uh, yeah. 100%. He's Joseph Mengele. I've been saying it forever. 100%. He literally is. He is. So... You know, I mean, that's he's not talking age about well, attacking sure. the science and like, let's say for a second that he actually is the science or even that he is correctly representing some sort of scientific consensus. Mm -hmm. At this point, if that's true, then our scientific community is useless. Mm -hmm. All right. So I am more than happy to actually attack the science. He actually just said if you if they started going up there and attacking the science, no one would know what they're talking about. Oh, so that's why you talk to everybody like they are children yep. and just try to convince them to do what you want to do by using emotional trigger words and saying uh, and, and say, I just have to laugh at that. And like, what a little insecure laugh, man. This is the greatest scientific failure in the history of man. Yes. Yeah. If this is our science community doing its job, all of them should be finished forever and what they're doing ultimately is serving anthony fauci yes and one of the greatest threats to this entire world always is powerful dorks and scientists all think that you know and by the way i'm cool with like nerds and dorks do your thing like everybody has different lives and stuff but there is a certain brand of dork who is mad that they don't have the sort of power that like the jocks have. Right. And they want to be seen that way. So the way to do that is by saving the whole world through science. And so they devote their lives to this. They have these very uh, kind of specific specialties and experiments. They're running this program or trying to save the world in this way. And they get obsessed with that thing. And they believe that their work, is so important that them lying to the public is just the price of admission for their work continuing. And how does their work continue? Well, Anthony Fauci funds it. Yep. Yep. And he's he's that dude that got bullied in school. And he's he's like, like, oh, gay, he was in a right? trash can or a locker. Ninety percent. Yeah. Of and school. it comes back with a vengeance and wants, you know, in the name of science, commit genocide sort of, you know, I mean, that's really what he's doing. 100% evil experimentation, just yeah. like Mengele, like you said. Yeah. These people yeah. are evil to yeah. the core. It's disgusting. Their science is literally a religion. Yes. It's based, it is. It's, it's scientism. Based, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not based on real science. And I'm not if it was real a, science, why doesn't he ever say the other side? Yeah. Why doesn't exactly. he ever explain why the other side is actually wrong about the things they're saying and cite examples? Scott Atlas was on uh, yes. Tucker last week yeah. talking about what the actual task force meetings were like. And he was like, Fauci and Burks don't know any, yep. any of the literature. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he said, he, what happened to her? She's gone. She she bounced. She's like, I can't handle this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. she, she stepped in line with Fauci. 
and got in line with that narrative. And then they kind of just, you know, she saw where this is eventually going and it's going to go somewhere. I, I do. F- there's a, there's a large part of me that feels like he's going to be eventually held responsible in some context for all this. And hopefully a lot of, well, it depends on who's depends on who's writing the history books. Yeah. Well, well no, remember she got caught hopefully for not, not the New York Times. the protocol when traveling. Yes. And she yeah. So much fucking shit for it. That's when she's like, you know, I'm resigning. She couldn't do. She she knew too that you know. It's funny that you mentioned shit because uh, Brandon <laughs> they wheeled him out, oh, de- defrosted him off a little bit uh, yesterday to kind of weigh in on on supposedly the new variant, etc. Uh, let's hear a couple mildly coherent clips from him uh, when he talks about it and uh, how this is going to affect us going into the holiday season. Today, there are three messages about the new variant that I want the American people to hear. First. This variant is a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. Mm. Where have I heard that before? The best vaccine in the world, the best medicines, the best scientists. Still got that cough. And we're learning more every single day. And we'll fight this variant with scientific and and knowledgeable actions and speed, not (laughs) chaos and confusion. Wait, what? We have more tools today to fight the variant than we've ever had before, from vaccines to boosters to vaccines for children, five years and older, and much more. I knew it. They're giving them speed. A year ago, and America more. was floundering against the first variant of COVID. Now more expensive. We beat that variant significantly, and then we got hit by a far more powerful threat, the Delta variant. But we took action, and now we're seeing deaths from Delta come down. We'll fight the, you know, and uh, look, we're, we're going to fight and beat this new variant as well. Beat it right off. We're learning more about this new variant every single day. And as we learn more, we're going to share that information with the American people. So in case you guys didn't know, there were 105,000 paid spectators at the Michigan-Ohio State this week game this weekend. In addition, paid? Yeah, spectators. All, all in one stadium. Paid? That's, you mean they, they paid to go? Yes. Oh, like, so, oh gotcha. okay. Okay. I was like, so, oh, they're, they're I gonna thought be, you said they, they were paid. Like, oh, I, might be, so, I might be looking. It was for like Black Lives so. Matter or something. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. There's no George Soros money. In, oh. there you go. In Ohio State versus Michigan, yeah. but in in, in in college stadiums all over the country, you're having close to hundred thousand children, young adults getting in there, packing in, maskless, booze filled, not spreading anything. Are the kids are booze filled. No spikes. <laughs> um, but you do have to think about, you know, one of the most important things, and, and it's Dr. Fauci. Science? Close. Booster shots. Oh, shit. So, yeah, and l- listen to this. Mr. President, uh, is this the new normal that Americans should expect anticipating Boosters every future, couple months? Uh, new normal. potential variants? Should we expect intermittent travel restrictions and potential drops in the stock market going forward? Do you have any words of reassurance that this won't be the 900 points is not intermittent. And then for both you and Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci said earlier on CBS that uh, lockdowns, shutdowns are off off the table for uh, restraining COVID going forward. You said that won't be part of your plan on Thursday. He's like falling asleep. But why is that? Why are you taking that off question. the table? <laughs> well, to answer your first question first, uh, the answer is I expect this not to be the new normal. I expect the new normal to be everyone ends up getting vaccinated in the booster shot. So we reduce the number of people who aren't protected to such a low degree that we're not seeing the spread of these viruses. Now, we remain to be seeing exactly what the elements of this particular strain are. But if as I hope, then it's not going to be fundamentally different than in the past. Um, And uh, 
in terms of uh, what was the second part of the question? Are lockdowns off the table? Are yes, for now. Pro- yes. Why, well, why is that? Well, because we're able to, if people are vaccinated and wear their masks, there's no need for the lockdown. <laughs> we, uh, we did, I mean, I feel like there's some science that says that didn't work already, right? You, you want to know the best? That, isn't he denying science? The best he, part. You just need to do two out of the three things that don't work. You can choose oh. any two. Lockdowns and masks, neither of them work, but then you don't need the vaccines. <laughs> vaccines and lockdowns, then you don't need the masks. None of the three work at all, but as long as you do two of them, you don't need the other one. You'll be good to go. Unbelievable. You, can you connect four? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to write them down on some papers, and I'll use your hat, and you could pick which ones. You oh, want. okay. There you go. Can we talk about this for a second? Get it. Would anyone have any idea that there is a very scary virus in our presence if they weren't talking about it all the time. No. Has any, no. Could anyone actually draw this out of their normal life that we have some strange disease present in society? The answer has always been no. That's insane. Yep. Go to Florida. They do, it's like I stayed there for five, six months. Nobody, nobody knows shit in, in terms of like nobody's thinking about it. Nobody well, if you look at the heat map, Florida's like white. Yeah, they're the lowest in the country it's, by a lot right now. I mean, now. and what, how are they rationalizing that? Is it because of the temperature and the climate that it's eradicating COVID? Or mm-hmm. is it just the fact that people just live in the real world there? There's a, there's an overwhelming majority of... Because it's pretty warm and yeah. it's pretty but, warm here. As soon, as soon as you begin testing properly and reporting properly, it's gone. Gone. Yeah. This yeah. is a product. This is just scientific data manipulation. It is yeah. so sad and so stupid, and I can't believe that we still have to deal with it. Lying well, with what statistics. Happened, what happened with the flu? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, someone actually tried to use that argument on me the other day when I said masks don't work, and she's like, "Well, masks eradicated the flu." What? I go, "Well, how can they work against no. COVID?" <laughs> we, I, I we took my about- son to the doctor. I took my son to the doctor. He had like a upper respiratory infection. And they they said, oh, you know, do you want us to swab him for uh, COVID? And I'm like, no, I go, but you can swab him for flu A and B. And they're like, mm, you know what? Never mind. No. We, he, he doesn't need any swabs. We don't want to do those swabs. Well, we, I talked yeah. about this. Because then I want to prove, you know, I'm like, if it's negative for flu A and B, maybe I'll consider the COVID. But yeah. nobody does this. And I wish that people would say that or ask that once, you know, when they go to the doctor, if they're feeling ill, because I'm just curious to see like what the like the data would show for example like well the people that are- think that the mass are what got rid of the longest running disease that we've had in a long time and i <laughs> talked about this first of all they need to punch in the last face. year yeah. when i went to go i had to go get a flu shot which i will not be doing again ever and the the nurse that was doing it or whatever you know she seemed friendly she's nice or whatever she's talking to me about stuff and I forget how it came up. It was just like something about masks and and how the the flu cases were gone. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, the, you know the the flu, you know, blah 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, weird, huh? And I'm like, yeah, weird. And she's like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is going completely the opposite direction. It's going. And she goes, yeah, it's almost like masks work. And I was just like. Oh, God. Can I just pay my bill and leave? That's where you you hit the Alex. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, like all these flu shots every year. What do you think causes the new variants? And it's like what? Some of them are like 16, 17 percent effective. Yeah. And the reason why the media and the fake science Mengele's of, you know, the Fauci's went nuts on HCQ and ivermectin, it's because it would completely destroy that industry in general. The flu vaccine industry, the covid narrative, all this shit. Yeah, it's an inexpensive treatment that works. 
that they can't product or profit off of. Well, I think Chris might have teased it best out of two of three working because <laughs> directly after that press conference, Joe Biden jetted off to Nantucket for Thanksgiving. Okay. And let's see, bo- double vaxxed, check. Booster, check. Mask, I picked the first two. I don't have to wear them. There once yeah. was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> yeah. so, so he was spotted shopping in a really tiny store with a whole bunch of people, all of his security detail, and the press in there with him. And it's like wiggle room only, maskless. And it got onto the news. So, of course, it made it to the White House press conference. Well, you can't on. eat chocolate chocolate chip with a mask on. Yesterday, and it's too cold for me. <laughs> gingerbread cookies. Oh. Let's let's hear. Also, what makes it harder to sniff kids. Oh well, that is true, and there are a lot of them out during the holidays. Are you Santa? No, let me smell your hair. Some president shopping indoors on Saturday behind glass that says face covering required, but mm. his face was uncovered. Why? Uh, the president is uh, somebody who follows uh, the, the recommendations and the advice of the CDC. Oh. I don't know what the circumstances were of that particular moment. You don't. He was shopping in a store, and on the glass outside it said face covering required. Like and we picture. could see him inside, and his face was uncovered. Well, again, Peter, our recommendation and advice continues to be for people to wear uh, masks when they are required in establishments. I don't know what this establishment was. The president obviously follows the health, the advice of his health and medical is, team. Is there concern that? the president says today, please wear your mask indoors in public settings around other people, and he doesn't do that, that it's going to make it harder to get people to follow him? I think you see the American people and all of you see the president wearing a mask every time he comes out to an event, when he's sitting in meetings, and certainly he will continue to model behavior. He hopes the American people will follow, not for his benefit, but to save their own lives and the lives of their friends and neighbors. Yeah, every time the camera goes on, he's got a mask on, but not any of the other times. Emma Robinson. Oh, I was going to say about the sniffing kids thing. Mm -hmm. He could, you know, follow his son's lead and just put a straw through the mask. Mm. (laughs) 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 Emerald Robinson's been sitting next to Peter Ducey for like the last two weeks. Just slapping his leg. Let me get in here. No, she doesn't look like she even cares anymore ever since she got nuked off of Twitter and, you know, that whole shit with Newsmax and now Steve, Steve Cortez. You know, it said a couple weeks ago that he wasn't getting the vax of Newsmax mandates. So Newsmax came out and said, we're not mandating it. And then they tried to, like, secretly mandate it. And he's like, I'm fucking quitting. And he left. Oh, so. they, they said they weren't going to do it. And then they did it anyway. Yep. What is that? That sounds like something else. And I, don't, and I don't even think it was the Steve Cortez thing. I think it was a, like, okay, everybody except, like, the big personalities who want to act like divas have to get the jab. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, no vaccine mandate means no vaccine mandate. I'm leaving. And he left. He's gone. So, you know what's wait, crazy that about same... that answer she she just gave? Go ahead. The the idea that these people think that their responsibility is to model behavior yep. for other adults <laughs> is so insulting. It, it it is incredible to me. I've I've been thinking about this for a long time, man, and I've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But that is really what they think they are doing, yep. and that is what everybody like them, all of our cultural elites think that they are doing. They constantly think that they are modeling behavior for everyone else. Like everyone else is just a child. And these idiots are going to tell us what we're supposed to do, even though they don't do it. And even though the thing that they're telling us to do doesn't do anything. Yep. These people are so stupid. They're also Wait, so, so not everybody that worked for the company had to get the vaccine. First, Is that what you were saying? First, there was a proposed mandate because they are a business entity over 100. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, several of their employees, especially some of their larger news personalities, came out and said no. Yeah. So then they said, mm, okay. Okay, how about just all the peons have to get it? Yes. Okay, so that is as much hashtag science as you can get a vaccine mandate for federal employees. Mm-hmm. Who have worked on the front lines of the pandemic for the last two years. But not yet. Right. After Christmas. Yeah. And even though we meant That's November science. 22nd, now we mean Valentine's Day. You'll be fine. Probably will die. But wear your mask. But or, or the fact that those mandates don't apply to a whole bunch of federal workers. Right. And, yeah. you know, the last the time House, that, uh, Post that Fauci and Walensky and Janet Woodcock were at the Senate testifying, they testified that they have no idea how many people in their own organizations yep. are vaccinated. And they didn't have the number. They, nope. oh, we can't hazard a guess. We would guess around 60%, but no it's way. really hard to say. And then they were like, well, those numbers are due on Monday. How do you not know? And they're like, well, you know, we'll have the reports in then. And of course they don't, and nope. they will never be held accountable. But yeah. it is it is unbelievable. But don't worry. <laughs> she did say that they would be holding some virtual town halls about it. Oh, good. <laughs> employees aren't yet vaccinated information. Um, now, remember, one thing that, that's lacking from the show right now is something that we're all accused of and probably are racist. Uh, mm. When Trump, Donald Trump locked China out of international travel into the United States at the start of the coronavirus. Well, that's um, when science was racist, but yeah, it's not anymore. And so was he. Yeah. However, now that there's possibly a new strain might be the worst one ever or extremely mild compared to what the lady on the ground said is literally happening. So you're saying sniffles. So seven or eight countries in in, in Africa banned. There's a sniffle pandemic. So they asked her what, okay, if travel bans at the start of coronavirus were racist, how is this any different? And just like the mask and the boosters and the vaccines and where you're supposed to wear them and everything else that's going on, her answer was pretty much the same. Thank you, Jen. Before Joe Biden was president, he said that COVID travel restrictions on foreign countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering. Well, I would say first, to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he called that, what he called the coronavirus uh, and, and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of what it was and where travel it came restrictions. From? We have put those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did in putting in place these restrictions over the weekend. So non-answer, really. Just like everything else, you know, if he, Joe Biden's not wearing his mask in some little store with a huge fucking sign on the window, and the only thing that's not covering up the window besides the sign is his fucking face through the window without a mask on. I think the formula is if, He's you, can make your, if you can make your non-answer last at least 45 seconds, I think that's that's the formula. And then you just, right before you're done talking, you put a semicolon, and then you say, trust the science and medical experts. Yeah. Trust the science. Yeah. science and, and that's what experts. we do. And then we, you know, we trusted the science. That's why there's science. Mm-hmm. And that's how... Dr. Science is. They always well, if, Trump. If it's if it's science, it's not racism. And that argument has been made by all the greatest eugenicists of all time. Yes. 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 Mm. Forgot about them, huh, Noah? Which yeah. we are actually dealing with right now, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's pretty hard to not be able to at least hold on, let me get my spin foil. There you go. Ha <laughs> <laughs> honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. You know who's not retarded? Mm. Big Dick Ron DeSantis, definitely not governor of Florida, 
doing it well. Oh my gosh! Always could do it better, but he's got good people there who always push him to. Did you see his new podium? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> governorly. So he weighed in on this whole stuff and came out immediately following. Actually, I think he was at uh, an event on Thanksgiving feeding some people. Him and his wife, who's got cancer, they're out there, you know, shoveling stuffing uh, to kind of push back on this narrative from Brandon. And uh, let's hear what he had to say. Let me just say, in Florida, we will not let them lock you down. We will not let them take your jobs. We will not let them harm your businesses. Why is Florida so far away? We will not let them close your schools. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and and, and expecting a different result. There it is right there. The lockdowns didn't stop COVID. Forced masking, they said last year, would end the pandemic if 80% wore masks. Many more than that were wearing masks, and it hasn't worked. They said you could get COVID off, off surfaces, which isn't true. Um, they've not been honest about the origins of the virus, and they haven't been forthright about natural immunity. Mm. And with these travel restrictions, I was probably the first governor in January of 2020 to call for travel restrictions from China. I supported President Trump when he did that. But we have to take a step back and acknowledge that those travel restrictions just didn't work. The virus had already spread. Uh, And so whatever this variant is, the fact that you identify some in Southern Africa, that does not mean that it's not in any corner of the globe. It's an airborne respiratory virus. So I think those restrictions are not going to work. They haven't worked in the past. And clearly, to even be entertaining the idea of doing destructive, disastrous policies like lockdowns. I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised uh, because I think some people are just wired for this. Um, but it is not going to happen in the state of Florida. You, you, you want to know what the funniest part is when he's talking about all those different travel restrictions and what it is and where it sticks and how you get it. Do you know, I don't know if I, any of the, the, the rest of you guys know, there has been a confirmed case, now take it for what it's worth, of this mm. variant in Australia. Yeah. How? You when can't get in and out of the country. Down. Yeah. You, yeah. You, every, the entire country is locked down for yeah. like the last year. Maybe a kangaroo brought it. Mm. Hopped right across <laughs> the ocean. Although could be the be, vaccine made it. That'll be the next. There thing. you go. Yeah. That, that's that's probably well. That's exactly where it came from. <laughs> and man, all, it's 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 just all bullshit. It's just all bullshit. I'm not saying every single specific scientific claim that has been communicated to the public is individually bullshit. I'm saying that the cumulative effect of all of it has always been a manipulative lie and nothing else. But also, Ron DeSantis, where are your audits, yep. bro? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I know. We And we talk about it all the time. Anthony Sabatini tweets about it unrelentlessly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> for as much as we like the well, I mean, these, the people, new these people are politicians yeah. when it all comes down to it. The, the new Florida Office of Election Integrity, we'd like to know if they can do some retrospective work yeah. and, well, and take a look at my, 2020. My thing about the they're all politicians thing, though, is we are in a majority position at this point. Yeah. And Ron DeSantis would find enormous support from that, except for from the people who have been compromising and corrupting all these politicians in the first place. And I would like to think that Ron DeSantis is not part of that corruption and compromise, but until you stand up against election fraud, you've given me no reason to think so. And look at, look at Rand Paul for a second, by the way, he was on Fox news last night talking about those Fauci clips and he goes after Fauci pretty hard, but Fauci's still there. 
Yep. And Rand Paul's bringing up stuff that most of us were talking about a year ago. Yep. And he's not he's not getting Fauci out of there. And he actually was shilling for the vaccine and the booster in the same segment. Mm. So yep. it's like, I mean, this is Rand Paul to me, 100 percent at this point after seeing that is controlled opposition. I was already mad enough yeah. about his excuse for not challenging the obvious and overwhelming evidence of election fraud. But yesterday was like crossing the line for me. Yeah. And, and even though he he talked about it and still accuses it of happening, he's never done enough physically to kind of get that ball rolling. What's well, like the safe yeah. it's like a safe formula that they're all using. Like, okay, I can do this and this, but if I do this, if you want to go out get and get the vaccine, slapped. right. If you want to get the booster shot, that's yeah. your choice. I'm not an anti vaxxer. I'm just saying in regards to this. And then they go to just attack Fauci, which at that point they should be attacking the science because the lack thereof or just bad production of it means you have something that you could literally use as a reference to push back, but they just don't. They make it tit for tat, which is what we're going to hear consequently in our last audio clip of the day. Well, it's it's kind of why I think this is just going to get worse and worse and worse is because there's no way for them to, there's no way for them to relinquish this without everything coming to light. So until they have everybody locked down with their fucking vaccine passports and their social credit score bullshit, like that's the end goal. It has to be. Sounds terrible. It sounds disgusting. The other side of that two-headed sword that Chris just mentioned, if it's not Rand Paul going after Dr. Fauci, it's the Zodiac, Ted <laughs> Cruz. He he took to the cable news networks duly last Does night. he still got a beard? It's very beardly. Nice. And uh, talked about that January 6th comment. Let's hear what he had to say about Mr. Anthony. Dangerous bureaucrat in the history of the country. I like uh, you, you know, he talked a moment ago, uh, you, you just played about hurting science. I don't think anyone has hurt science, has hurt the credibility of the CDC, has hurt the credibility of doctors more than Dr. Fauci, because throughout this pandemic, he's been dishonest, he's been political, he's been partisan, and and the American people know it. Why is it that the Biden administration decreed that, that, that masks have to be worn in schools by kids? Well, because teachers union bosses wanted it, and that's not a scientific reason, that is a data reason. And, 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 you know, this weekend he did this long interview where he gave the answer. He said, I represent science. I am science. I got to admit, Sean, I was laughing. It's, it's like Louis XIV, uh, the, the, the sun king in, in, in France saying, moi, I am the state. It, it, it is this delusion of grandeur that you cannot criticize him. And, and, and it was very striking. Uh, you know, in the course of that interview, he was asked about I asked the Attorney General Merrick Garland if he's going to investigate and and prosecute Dr. Fauci for lying to Congress. And and Margaret Brennan asked him about that. And what did Fauci do? He didn't discuss any of the substance. Instead, he just attacked and engaged in ad hominem attacks. He basically did the Beavis and Butthead defense. He just screamed liars at everything. But, you know, facts are stubborn things, Sean. And so here are the simple facts that Fauci needs to explain and that the Department of Justice should investigate. So on May 11th, Fauci testified before a Senate committee that, quote, the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research Mm. in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That's a clear categorical statement. But then on October 20th, the NIH wrote that they funded an experiment at the Wuhan lab testing, quote, if spike proteins from naturally occurring 
uh, bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. That is gain-of-function research. That is taking an existing virus and modifying it to make it more dangerous to humans. And, and listen, at the end of the day, 18 U.S.C. Section 1001 makes it a felony, punishable by up to five years in prison for lying to Congress. The statements from Dr. Fauci and the NIH are directly contradictory. And I got to say, I think Margaret Brannon is, is a talented journalist, but she dropped the ball in not following up, letting him just respond with insults instead of asking him the simple question. You stated that we don't fund gain-of-function research. The NIH stated we do fund gain-of-function research. They can't both be true. And if you lied to Congress, it's a felony. She didn't press him on that. And the reason this matters is, is there is a lot of circumstantial evidence to su suggest that the U.S. government participated in funding research modifying coronaviruses that could well have led to COVID-19. And if that's true, that is stunning and indefensible. We know the Chinese government has enormous culpability, but there's a real possibility the American government under Dr. Oh. Fauci does as well. And that's what he doesn't want to address. The boomer sweats were at an all-time high on Hannity mm. last night. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 it's like you said, Chris, th that's all well and good to hear. It's definitely ending on a positive note when we had, you know, Joey Baseman so close to the end of the show and, and all the, you know, that is of his fake presidency. Uh, but, but it's one of those things where we've talked about it before. They have these Senate hearings. You have Fauci, Mayorkas, Walensky, um, you know, uh, Merrick Garland all go up there. They get absolutely dunked on by all these senators and then they go to work the next day and they do the same exact shit they were doing the day before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the form of Fauci's answer in that Senate hearing was basically the same form that uh, Pisaki just used yeah. in that in that press conference. He basically said that they had already changed the definition of gain of function. And so by that new definition, what he did wasn't gain of function. And then he restated what their policy is and said, because the policy is this, that means the thing didn't happen. Okay. You know, like I know the rule and I play by the rules. Therefore, the thing I did didn't happen. I am the rules. Yeah, exactly. And he is the science. I represent rules. So if you're going against me, you're going against the rules. It's unbelievable. It sure is. And, and so is the news cycle. A little bit busy coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday. Um Crisp. This is a big week. Yeah. And we got the debt yeah. ceiling on Friday. Yeah. I oh, yeah. shut it down. Call shut your it down. Call your congressman. Call your representative. Tell them you want it shut down. So listen, this has been awesome. Uh better than yeah. I, I, I expected. I mean, I know your content was great, but I think we all pretty much connected pretty well and 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 made for some great commentary today. Um, we would, of course, love to have you back at some point in the future. Anytime, guys. Anytime. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and we'll continue to follow and, and support you along the way. Why don't you tell, I Thank mean, you. I know I know you're banned almost everywhere, but at least where they can hear, yeah, where they can hear the show, talk about your merch site, all that stuff. Sure, sure. I'm on um, I'm on Telegram at t.me slash I'm your moderator, Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. Uh, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, and I have a merch site, cancelcouture.com or you can go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Love it. What day of the uh, illegitimate Biden 
Barack Obama third term is this? Today was the 314th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. It sure is. <laughs> I, I, I was really hoping that you'd be able to play off. But I thought so about it the whole show. I'm like, I hope he does it. <laughs> well, you set me up. So, that's it. Chris Paul, oh, host it. of Be Reasonable. Thanks for coming on Steak for Breakfast with us today. We'll be glad to have you back. You take care, sir. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. What do you guys think? Oh, this time. Outstanding. Great show today. Good guests, great co hosts, good commentary, which in a bleak news cycle, we will try to continue to bring you quality news with commentary bi weekly on the Steak for Breakfast podcast, which you can listen to on every downloadable podcasting platform. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcasts, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share. Show creds, obviously, to our uh, guests, Taylor Wichard out of Texas 8, Zuby of Zuby Music, and our guest host, Mr. Chris Paul of the Be Reasonable Podcast. We we do share quite a, quite a lot of podcasts on this show for you guys to listen to. You know, we talk about We the People all the time and the Great Divide and this, that, or the other thing. If, if Be Reasonable isn't in your rotation, I suggest you at least give it a try. You get a lot more, with some uh, occasional yelling of Hunter Biden's name, <laughs> um, on the Be Reasonable podcast with Chris Paul. Making small businesses great again. American-owned and operated uh, is what we like to do and why we like our partners so much. My pillow, our newest and most pillowiest of them. Use promo code STEAK at checkout for up to 66% off MyPillow products. The only thing you're doing is getting a great night's sleep in addition to helping Mike Lindell save the Republic. You can also go to MyPillow.com forward slash steak or talk to a pillow representative at 1-800-658-8045. Noah likes it. Fire up the pillow phone. There you go. Odyssey. The world's most technologically advanced headphones are found there. Sound quality is great. Doesn't matter if you're a gamer, if you're recording shows like us. These, well, are, these are so much more comfortable than the last ones I was wearing. I'm jealous. They look awesome. Yeah. They look like something that Doc Brown would have uh, put together. Um, you can find them at odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. Listen, the holiday season... It's extremely easy to be running around. You're working overtime, trying to get extra cash for Christmas presents. You're out Christmas shopping. The kids got events going on at school. You just want to drive through McDonald's. Don't put that shit in your body. Do yourself a favor. Get up a couple minutes early. Rub some delicious man rubs on a piece of meat, a piece of chicken, a piece of anything. Throw it in the slow cooker. And when you get home, you'll have some delicious man rubs in your mouth. Trying to make Noah laugh. not feeling it. <laughs> delicious. Don't mistreat your meat. You can find them at manrubs.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Coming in hot. West Coast Survival Arms. Mike. Newly redesigned website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. You can reach him via the telephone at 619-870-6992 or on Facebook Messenger. 
not only will be able to set you up with a new shooty shoot, he'll be able to uh, fill it with ammo as well. So give him a call. Stay ready gear holsters or stay ready gear uh, things that your coffee cup go on or that you put screwdrivers in like we have here in the uh, studio. <laughs> Fact of the matter is it's melted plastic. You can put whatever picture you want on it, whether coasters it's Noah's and dog. Trays. Uh, coasters and dump trays. We got the steak for breakfast ones in the studio that we've put up on the website and on our social medias. I will share them again soonly. Um, they're at West Coast Survival Arms or stayreadygear.com and on Facebook and Instagram. Mediocre Medic, first responders, working hard, holiday season, lovemediocremedic.com. I always say they're like their IG. I'll just give you the tell right here. So what they do is they take women, they get them 99.97%, not survival rate, but naked, and then they take stickers from mediocremedic.com and they put them on their ass cheeks. That's that's pretty much their promo codes. So yeah, they're... (laughs) They're at MediocreMedic.com. Seems legit. And like I said, they're on Instagram as well. And finally, Mark Joe Friday, Dumpbox.us, home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Go get yourself a Santa Duck. It's coming soon. Get in line for the drop. Be ready for it on Facebook. And you can find them on Instagram as well. Upcoming shows. On Friday, we're going to have Josh Barnett out of Arizona 6 and Mr. Clay Clark himself. Next Tuesday, Jessica Harlow will be joining us in addition to... Newly introduced senatorial candidate, Dr. Cordy Williams. Amanda Milius has confirmed on the 10th of December she will be circling back, and that's going to be an extremely juicy episode. Not only is she the uh, director and producer of The Plot Against the President, she worked in the Trump State Department uh, under Mike Pompeo, and she just announced that she's going to be doing a new shockumentary on John McAfee. Oh, dang. Can't wait to see the after credits of that one. Yeah. Joe, Joe Kent's going to be coming back on the 14th of December to join us and talk about his uh, run for the House in Washington 3. And on the 21st, we're going to have Becky Lexit, part of the uh, Lexit movement. She works in the uh, Northeast. She's an influencer online. I think she's going to be a good guest host. 13 away from episode 100 now. Oh, dang. Yep. Norbin Laden, confirmed. Geisha Montez, confirmed. Former host of Steak for Breakfast, Nick. Creator of Steak for Breakfast. Confirmed. Boom. It's going to be a good episode. It's only going to get bigger. You know, I like to make it so hard for Noah to edit these things that uh, I'm just going to, we'll probably have like 17 guests that day. But then we're going to alternate the order too. No, they're all going to be on the same time. (laughs) Friends of the Week, James from We the People Radio, the coziest fam, Brenda Memes X, Sublime and Slime, Snack Nicholson 2.0. Don't forget the 2.0, Noah. Nice. Uncharted Territories, the backup. The Duke of Memes, Define Els, Grand Old Memes, and my personal favorite, Pubertos. Nice. Guys, between now and Friday, do your own research. Hold the line. Buy the dip. Snatch the wigs. Let's see what happens. Prosecute Dr. Fauci. Ooh, yeah. And where we go one, we go all. This has been episode 86 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, and we'll be back with episode 87 on Friday with Josh Barnett and Mr. Clay Clark. I'm Roan. On behalf of my co-host, Noah. Science. And Antoinette. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening, and take care.
Today was the 314th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. 